0: On today's episode of Mile Higher, we have two guests joining us, Peyton. And Garrett from Murder With My Husband. Hi, everyone. A mysterious murder case in Aspen. The first murder there in 12 years. Why is Nancy S. already speculating that Nancy killed herself?
1: I need you to tell what? me exactly what happened. My friend is
2: in your closet, yes! She disrespected me like no other person has ever done.
3: Oh, that was the wrong reaction. He must be guilty.
4: You get bad landlords all the time. You don't go off and kill them.
5: When he saw Nancy just peacefully sleeping there, something just flipped in him.
4: My
0: mom could never hurt anything or hurt anyone.
6: I just think there is no way he could have done that alone.
0: He also wrote, Be careful what you ask for. You may get more than you expect.
5: Hey, what's up, everybody?
0: Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 252. And today is a very special episode because we have two guests joining us. And this is the collab that almost didn't happen. The
5: universe almost said no. Yes. It's never going to happen.
0: We will explain why. But welcome to the studio, Peyton and Garrett from Murder With My Husband. Hi, everyone. We are so excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, this has been God, how long have we tried to do this? Oh,
6: I, almost a year. Almost a year. I think yeah, over it a year. Was. Last March, I was actually you just pre- looking out is pregnant. when we first blew yep. out.
0: Oh, was it March?
6: Yeah, I think it was March. Almost positive.
0: No, I think it was.
6: Maybe not. Was well, it?
0: it was when your grandma died. So that was like June. I think it was June. Oh, dang. And then the that's last crazy. time you were supposed to come was this last oh, March. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, last that's, March. That's what there was. We okay,
6: go. that makes sense. So Everything's yeah. a blur. Yeah, it is yeah. all a blur. But we're here. Finally, yes, we're finally. super excited. We
0: were like, "Will we actually make it into the seats?" Though I don't. I, know. I just know that, that we're going to be done, and it's not going to have recorded. Like all of them. <laughs>
3: no. <laughs> don't,
6: say, gonna, that. don't say Everyone that. Everyone, knock on wood. Get Peyton out of here.
2: <laughs> oh God.
0: Yes, we are so excited to have you guys here to explain the first time that we had them out. They came all the way to Colorado. Janelle was sick. I was having blood pressure issues that first day. Maybe were supposed to record. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I, I can't. I was like eight months pregnant yeah. at that point, maybe seven. And then they literally came to the office. We're sitting around our conference table talking about the episode and what we were going to do. Getting, We were like 10 minutes out from sitting down to record. Yeah, we were
5: literally about to head back to the studio to start. <sighs> and
0: then Josh got a call from his mom that his, his grandma passed away that morning.
6: Yeah, yeah, and yeah.
0: Yeah, obviously. I mean, you guys were so understanding oh, but yeah,
6: family is the most important. So, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And just like we thought, like, maybe you can try to pull it together. But I mean, we were yeah. both just devastated. We, we love Josh's grandma so much. And it well, was it's really just emotional. like, I want
5: to make sure that, I mean, you guys are, this is the best collab we can yeah, do. Right? Yeah. Like, right. Like, in, in yeah. dealing with the death of a loved one, it doesn't put you in the best headspace. And then yeah. Yeah. obviously to go do true crime after that doesn't help either. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So it's just like, You know, I felt really bad because obviously you guys are already out here and I was like, Oh man, this is really unfortunate timing. But yeah. Yeah. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do and you know, life happens and Mm -hmm. just gotta kinda go with it. But we really appreciate you guys making the trek back out here
6: a third time. And it's actually second second time was our fault. Yeah. Oh
5: yeah, second time.
6: (laughs) Second time was our fault. We got a puppy and that was I guess a bad idea. I don't know.
3: We were like we had trained her in her little airport. Airport bag carrier. And then we got to the airport and she wasn't trained. All training no. went out she
5: the window. It. She <laughs> lost it. it. I don't blame her. Yeah. I mean, airports <laughs> are intense no, for humans. I mean, yeah.
3: And it was just more important that she be okay. So we were like, hey, yeah. we're rescheduling again. Yep.
2: yep.
0: So here we finally are. Third, time's Third time's time. The charm, yep. right? We are so excited to have them here today. So can you guys kind of tell everyone yeah. who isn't familiar with you, which I know a lot of our audience already, you know, watch Garrett and Peyton so you yeah. guys have who a couple is murder of with shows. my husband
6: yeah. <laughs> Yes. yeah you, you can go
0: so back in 2020
3: i really wanted to start a true crime podcast had no one to start it with my husband garrett was like i'll be your co-host and i said that is not going to work you hate true crime we never <laughs> talk about true crime he said maybe that can be the thing you love it and i hate it and that was where murder with my husband was born i love true crime he hates true crime. So you kind of get two different perspectives with one story. I sit down, I tell Garrett a different story every week. He has no idea. No
6: idea. I think that's the biggest question is do you know what's going on? I have no idea what's going on. No idea when he I does sit down no in the chair. No nothing. nothing. No prep. Just oh, completely nice. raw Just, reactions. Yeah,
3: hundred percent. Which is kind of fun. We've noticed with um, you know, listeners in the audience. He's in the same boat as you guys because you guys didn't do any prep before sitting down and listening. And so that's fun because he kind of kind of takes on the role of the listener, which
0: then leads to better questions being asked and whatnot. Yeah, honestly, it's so unique. I don't think there's anyone else doing yeah, it like it's, that.
6: It's it's fun, and I mean, it's fun for me because. I don't have to do the research. So that's yeah. fun. But it's just a good job. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but it's fun. We we love it. And here we are three years later. Are you, you liking true crime a little bit more now? So like, we get that question so much. And is it growing? It's, on yeah, it's hard to like answer. It's like, I like true crime. Okay, sorry. I don't like true crime but I understand it. I think that's the better way to you put it. You have a it. better appreciation mm-hmm. and exactly. understanding for people in true crime. I when think before it was like this is like why would someone listen to this? This is I don't understand it. This is stupid. Now I totally get it. Yeah, It mm-hmm. makes yeah. way more sense. He used
3: to be yeah. a judger. Now yes. he's now he understands us all. Yeah. So you it's get really the intrigue stuff.
6: behind
5: why people yes. are interested in learning about crimes that happen to other people yep. and also the
6: importance of Talking about true crime 100% right. mm. it's actually I think that's the biggest thing too is it's actually really important it So is. much of this just goes untalked about or unnoticed mm-hmm. and I've kind of start to understand the idea of Why people do talk about it? Well, it's what
5: we're really doing as a true crime podcast is almost a service to the public in a way because yep. a lot of times Many of the cases that we cover you guys cover mm-hmm. There's not a lot of necessarily media coverage on it And yep a lot of times these cases need awareness and need mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. heard by more people like the families are literally begging for people to talk about their loved ones and there's just so many out there sad right and there's not enough people talking about it to keep it in the news and keep law enforcement on on it and Mm -hmm. things like that so this is actually i feel like it's a very important job to do and you you can't take it lightly because obviously you know true crime is serious stuff at the end of the day you're talking about people's worst days and probably some of the most tragic things that happen in people's lives Mm -hmm. so it's you know you gotta tread carefully with it but i think if you do it right. Which I think you guys do it right. Appreciate it, and you can really make an impact beyond just sort of you know like most people kind of you know maybe where you're at. It's kind of like oh, it's just this weird entertainment uh-huh. thing. You guys, you yeah. guys are yeah. it's kind you know are you guys sick? Like you yeah. kind of a sick fascination <laughs> no, with true. this stuff. And I and I get it because a lot of people just. Understand it from this outside perspective, and they haven't really dove in to really see what's going on beneath the surface, and and obviously too, like we're all kind of biased based on what we see on TV, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. because we all grow up with like Dateline twenty twenty, and it's all you know, like they do some good stuff, but it's also corny as hell, like most of the time. And
0: not only is it corny, it's oftentimes really disrespectful. We've met so many family members out there who have had really bad experiences working with. TV productions, that they're salacious, they don't focus on the victims, they leave out important details, they don't have enough control, and it's cool that now true crime is more in the hands of the average person, and instead of, you know, the mainstream news doesn't really talk about true crime unless it's some big case that happens to get enough publicity. Um, That often
5: has some sort of shock and awe element to it that drives
6: ratings. Like Gabby Petito, for example, right? right? Yeah, Uh
0: exactly. Um, Versus you know, local news stations will cover some crimes. I mean, they still could do a, a much better job, but they're only reaching people locally. And oftentimes these family families need much more support than that. And so for us to be able to reach a nation or worldwide audience, I think really helps. So it's it's definitely something that people who don't get true crime are like, yeah, why why are you doing this? Why are you so interested in this? But I mean, it really does help so many families to just get things off the ground. Awareness is absolutely key.
3: And you have honoring the victim. Mm -hmm. I mean, oftentimes these people, you know, get murdered and then no one thinks about them again. Yep. And I think for me, um, just even if it's a day of thousands of people thinking about one person and remembering them for who they are, I think that that speaks volumes. Yeah.
0: And I think that that's another great, part of true crime now. I completely agree. And so often the average person will t- be able to name the killer in a case. Yep. And they can't remember the actual victim's name. Right. or They don't care to learn. And yeah. So, you know, we've really tried to focus our content. I know you guys do the same on really telling these people's story. They're they're real people. It shouldn't be for entertainment. Obviously, people find it interesting and are entertained by it. But there's mm-hmm. a bigger mission. And it's a very fulfilling job doing True oh, crime podcast. 100% agree. Content. So, yeah. So, where can people find you guys?
6: So, you can find us, I mean, anywhere at Murder With My Husband, Instagram. I'm sure there'll be a description below as well, or a link in the description below as well. Yes, definitely. But it's at Murder With My Husband. That'll pop up, and it'll have some of our other shows as well, and everything will be there.
3: We have another show called Binged, which is just me, and I do um, a mini-series type show where I take real estate agents who have killed. I cover a couple cases different episodes and then we move on to a new a new theme um so that's binged and then we also have our rising crime show that's brand new and that one is covering all things true crime news so you don't have to scroll your tiktok for you page anymore looking Mm -hmm. for the next update you can just go to rising crime and get it there
6: and you can find murder with my husband on youtube spotify apple just kind of everywhere yeah a lot of times you guys are like
5: within a few shows of us on on the ring yeah yeah so, yes. so. Yeah, yeah oftentimes i'll go we're and buddies. check and we'll we're we always kind of hanging yeah. out or like <laughs> the <laughs>
6: suggested shows too it'll say like yeah higher and yeah. everything or "murder yeah. with my husband
0: yeah we just went out to brunch before this and we were discussing how we think we probably have a lot of crossover since our shows are similar in the fact that we are a husband and wife duo yep doing true crime which is whatever. so cool uh, yeah. There's
6: another husband and wife. Yeah, I I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, I know. I, I'm sure many. there's others. Yeah.
0: I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. I, I, know I don't there's think there's anybody else. Not we're really? in. Yeah, we're yeah. In. <laughs>
5: Only oh, us. Don't, don't go looking. Yeah. No, don't yeah. <laughs> Don't get any ideas out there, people. There's, a, there's <laughs> only room for two shows. It <laughs> yeah, won't work. That's funny. But so, I think it's a cool perspective because I think, especially in certain cases where there's, you know, love triangles like today's episode, there's, there's some of those elements there and just as a husband and wife it's you kind of bring a, a unique mm-hmm. perspective to some of this and it's a very relatable perspective most of the times for the audience right right yep. uh-huh so it's like I, I think it's kind of a cool thing to you know be able to share it's fun thing to share together yep. obviously oh, for sure. we and- could
3: do a whole nother episode about working with your spouse <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> how that is and you know in the good parts about it as well yeah. too yeah
5: and those parts that you just want to forget yeah. about. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah those episodes where you're like oh man i'm not sure yeah. it was,
6: this was a good idea yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and no one sees anything because you cut everything out
5: yeah.
2: yeah
0: oh yeah yeah we've gotten better about that back in the day josh and i sometimes would go at it oh yeah. recording you have to edit it all out and janelle would get to hear it all <laughs> that's yeah. so funny janelle's back this week yes. you guys by the oh, way yes hello i'm back janelle's i'll janelle plague Oh, yeah. We seriously did have a mild heart plague. Like, everyone in our office went down at one point last week, other than us. And Julia, Julia, you made it through too. Shout out. Julia's here.
1: (laughs) Very happy. (laughs) (laughs) I hate being sick. Yeah,
0: who doesn't? And it was like a bad situation. Like, everyone had strep and chest infections, and like, it was absolutely chaotic. But anyway, so today's episode is going to be a little different, obviously. Because we've never done, we've obviously had guests on the show, but we've never had another podcast collaborating with us. Yeah. So we're kind of taking the uh, Murder With My Husband style here, where you guys are somewhat familiar with the case we're covering today, yep. but for the most part, we're going to be kind of teaching you about it. Yep. And then we are going to be um, on their show, which actually already came out by the time you're seeing this. Your mm-hmm. guys show releases Monday, right? Correct. Yep. yep. So you can go and check that out right after this. And Josh and I are gonna do an episode with them where they are kind of we're switching roles and they will mm-hmm.
2: be explaining the case yeah, it's be, to um, us. Yeah.
0: We are doing
3: something today that we have never done on this show.
6: And we have two special people here, Kendall and Josh from Mile Higher Podcast. Howdy,
3: people.
5: What's
6: up?
3: <laughs> today. We are discussing the disappearance of Matthew Levison who happened to disappear during a night of partying. Interesting. So let's get into it. It appears that no one other than Michael has seen Matthew since early Sunday morning at the club when he walked
5: out. Is there anything you can say about that? don't think so.
3: The nerve of this guy.
5: He doesn't care about his life at all. He's yep. disposable to him.
3: Police watch the video. And who do you think they find on camera purchasing the duct tape and the mattock?
0: Michael. So that is some seriously solid evidence right there. I would agree.
6: What an evil person.
0: Right. Mind-blowing. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of any no. case that's like
6: That's this. done that. No.
5: We're recording that one tomorrow yep. which is all very confusing yeah, since but sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but i'm very mm-hmm. i, I kind of like this format because it allows you also time to really think about process like, everything. process it because sometimes when you're actually telling a story it's hard to also have your own thoughts yep. yeah. at the yeah. same time because you're trying to get all this information out uh, while also trying to infuse your own personal thoughts sure. but to be able to kind of sit back mm-hmm. and like just digest it yeah i'm interested to see yeah. Yeah. gonna
0: be a really cool experience for me. I've never yeah. done anything. I was gonna like
3: say that. this is the first time I've never not told a story. Yeah. So I'll I'm interested because I've never even thought that. But you're right. I've never had my own personal thoughts because I've already wrote them all in a script. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. it'll be interesting to have those thoughts come up while you're talking. Yeah.
6: There we go. I'm actually curious to hear kind of your thoughts. That will be interesting. Yeah. Because usually you just tell me the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Well, so we got major groundbreaking. Yeah. content going yes. on here right. you
0: guys you
2: guys are going Buckle to in. love it
0: it's either going to be really good or,
2: or we're going to delete the episode, <laughs> or it never goes yeah. up.
0: <laughs> but anyway today we are going to be talking about a very shocking case out of aspen colorado josh and i love to cover colorado cases just because we're like familiar with the locations do you guys ever cover cases from places
3: oh where
2: mm-hmm. for yeah. sure
0: we um we originally
3: started in Utah and we've covered many Utah cases. And then I'm from Idaho and we've covered our own, our, a, a good share of Idaho cases as well.
0: There's always something about it, even when you've traveled to the place where it takes place, where you kind of can get an idea in your head yeah. of where all this is happening. But we are going to be talking about 57 year old Nancy Pfister, who was a very free spirited socialite living in the luxury ski town of Aspen, who loved to travel and party. And eventually she met Nancy, another Nancy, which we'll explain could get a little confusing. We'll try to keep that as simple as possible for you guys. And her husband, Trey Styler, who were kind of a down on their luck couple out of Denver looking to start fresh in Aspen. And she thought that meeting them was perfect and good karma. But four months after they moved into her mountain home, she was found bludgeoned to death in her bedroom. And so we're going to be discussing who really killed Nancy Bister and if multiple people could have been involved.
5: Today's episode is sponsored by PayPal Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. With inflation on the rise, we're all looking for ways to save money where we can. And thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Would you remember those days? looking through all the like coupon sites and then you get so so mad when you'd put a coupon code to be like yeah this was just used like 15 15 minutes minutes ago ago. yeah Yeah. and then it wouldn't work
0: i know that was such a pain i'd have to try like 15 and then eventually just give up
5: and then you end up on all these sketchy sites you're like downloading viruses to your computer yeah just to get you know a little discount off of your pizza or something Mm -hmm. well those days are over because yeah thanks to honey it makes it extremely easy to go out there and find the best coupon codes on the internet in order to save you tons of money no matter what you're shopping for. And it's super easy. Imagine you're shopping at one of your favorite sites and when you go to check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey does its thing, searching for the best coupon code out there. And if it finds a working coupon, you'll just watch the prices on your cart fall. Nothing brings you more joy than watching your cart total drop after mm-hmm. running honey. It's
0: so satisfying.
5: It really is. It's there's no reason not to use it, right? I know. It's completely free.
0: It's so true. We've saved massive amounts of money by using Honey over the years. And just um what was it? Like two nights ago, I was shopping for baby gear as babies are endless money pits, and every stage you got to get new stuff, new toys, new bibs, you know. And I was buying a bunch of these like little Foam mat things that have like different, so you can like stack them and, and like make little ramps yeah. and stuff. Things so for she them to can crawl start kind of climbing on it as she's starting to sort of crawl. And stuff is expensive, like way more than I thought.
5: What'd you save on that?
0: Thirty bucks.
5: Thirty dollars. Thirty
0: bucks. I was really impressed
5: just by using honey. Mm-hmm. They can help you with baby gear, clothes, tech gadgets, and like we mentioned before, you can always save money with honey. For pizza, man. They always come in clutch. <laughs> honey doesn't just work on desktop though. It also works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Thank you. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com mile milehire. That's joinhoney.com slash milehire.
0: So Nancy Merle Pfister was born July 4th, 1956 in Orofino, Idaho to her parents, Betty Haas Pfister and Art Pfister. She also had two sisters, Suzanne and Christina. Her mother was a World War II pilot and a total badass. Yeah. She was actually one of the first women to fly on a wasp. Her father made his money off of land in Aspen that he bought in the 40s, which Aspen, I don't know, are you guys familiar with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: that's an expensive area.
0: Yeah, it's like the richy rich area of Colorado. Um, So he founded Aspen's Buttermilk Ski Resort. And at the time, he only paid $30,000 for a 700 acre ranch. And then in 1958, he developed that land into Buttermilk Mountain. Is so. it still
6: there? Buttermilk Mountain? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's part of Aspen
5: Snowmass. So it's okay. a part of like the larger Aspen ski resort, I believe. But, yeah. Okay. So
0: as you can imagine, they yeah. made hella dough. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Of, a lot of money. It was a good choice. <laughs> definitely. But both of her parents were very adventurous people, very outdoorsy sort of people. Her mom flew fighter jets, hot air balloons, and even a helicopter that she named Tinkerbell. And they were Aspen fixtures. Royalty in town, as you could say. And Nancy grew up to be the same kind of person. Adventurous, free-spirited, and one of Aspen's most iconic residents.
5: I mean, with parents like that, you can yeah, easily can see why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's honestly really, really badass that her mom was a helicopter pilot Mm -hmm. and flew fighter jets. I feel like that was not a super prominent thing for a woman. No way. Yeah. Yeah, like that's super impressive. Really cool. But Nancy had lived a charmed life since she was a kid. She loved being outdoors. She was a mountain girl with a tomboyish side and a love for horseback riding. She was a socialite in Aspen, Colorado, a town that needs no introduction. If you've ever been there, I'm trying to think of a best way to describe Aspen. It's like if you go to like Rodeo Drive Uh (laughs) and in uh, Beverly Hills, and it's it's kind of like that. You know, there's designer stores everywhere, and and obviously Mm -hmm. it's changed over time. It used to be like a quaint mountain town, and it grew, and you know that once they got an airport, of course, and you know everybody can fly in, go skiing and stuff. Um, So it got progressively more. Wealthy as time went on. I
0: feel like that's how most people are familiar with it. That celebrities go there for. Their well, if
5: you watch like vacations. Keeping with the Kardashians, yeah, yeah, that that yeah.
6: So, Socialites know. too were like the influencers before phones existed. You know, yes. it's like it was, those were the yeah. people with the paparazzi on yep. them. Yeah, yeah. I thought
0: that's they sweet. called themselves. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I've actually or never been to loads. Aspen. Yeah. Did you know that? Have you ever been to Aspen? Yeah. I don't think I've ever been to Aspen. Oh, it's we it's too go. expensive.
5: I haven't been either. I
0: haven't either. Yeah, mm-hmm. my family
3: could never uh, afford so, it.
5: So you don't stay in Aspen. You oh, go so you there's visit. Yeah, so you can stay in basalt, yeah. you which stay is just out there. Carbondale. Of <laughs> Carbondale. Yeah. We've been to
0: Carbondale. Love yeah. Carbondale
5: because <laughs> yeah, if you go get a hotel there, it's like super duper oh, expensive. Yeah. Okay, like it's crazy five hundred like a minimum, times Five, yeah, probably or more, maybe like a thousand That's minimum. crazy. Mm-hmm. But then you can stay outside. Like there's Airbnbs now, obviously outside yeah. mm-hmm. of town, and then you yeah. can drive in and enjoy. The, and most people that work
0: know, there live out. Drive yeah, in.
5: they don't. They can't afford to live in town. So because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like there's like a downtown area, but then it's just like massive homes, like yeah. on sprawling acreage all around it. And, okay tons of famous people have actors musicians i mean there's a huge long list of rich people that own property up there mm-hmm. it's cool to just go up there and drive uh-huh. around and like look at
6: houses and stuff like that
5: it's, yeah we should do that it's sometime. beautiful up there too especially in the it fall. must be
6: kind of like jackson wyoming in a way yeah a little yeah. bit yeah. okay similar to like jackson Hole. okay yeah I'm thinking she's pretty close to jackson an hour and home. a half or so
3: or like um park city Almost. oh utah yeah Park totally oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. super
6: cities up there becoming there. Mm-hmm, yeah. like aspen for it sure it is
3: definitely getting more and more expensive every year
5: yep yep it's very fancy you know? yeah mm-hmm. i can't
6: afford to go up i mean maybe eat a dinner
5: yeah, yeah. Or yeah. There. that's about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely definitely not not the designer shopping yeah for sure mm-hmm.
4: yeah just going off the whole bougie vibe of aspen i mean we're not kidding the average house cost i looked it up is almost three million dollars right now it's <laughs> Average. Two point nine.
6: That's insane.
4: Right under average, 3. and it's not that big of a town. There's like a little less than seven thousand people living there, but Jeez. there's a lot of money in there.
5: Yeah, it's a lot of vacation homes too. That's why the population's lower. Is like it's a lot of like people's second homes. Yeah. and things like that. There's not like a bustling
6: locals scene. Yeah. <laughs> no, seven thousand rich people just yeah. all in one area. Yeah. <laughs>
4: but you have to think like. If you Crazy. own a house in Aspen and you're yes. not even, oh, it's my summer home, my three million dollar summer home. You yeah. know, where <laughs> yeah. do you,
0: where do you live full time? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real. Probably
5: then, in a twenty million dollar home yeah. in Calabasas. California. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Wasn't Nancy's home? We looked it up last night. It was like twelve million dollars, yeah, and it's for sale. Oh, it's for sale now. Oh,
5: and if and got the for money, twelve million bucks, like. It's that's not that nice of a house. No. Honestly. Yeah. It's like it's
0: not what you would be thinking for twelve million.
5: You're paying for the the land yep. too. Yeah. Like I think her property has like thirty acres or something okay. too. So thirty acres in well, Aspen's gonna be like yeah. that's like five million by itself, probably yeah. for the land. And then the house is it's it's decent, but it's not anything to write home about. But Nancy Pfister was Aspen. Like everybody knew who she was whenever she went out. Like she was the talk of the town. And obviously, like we've been talking about, Aspen is the haven for the rich. Celebrities, politicians, even princes, and of course, the fabulously wealthy all go to Aspen to ski during the winter. It's like the spot. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go skiing there, it will cost you your soul because it is very expensive (laughs) to ski there. The town knows no recession. The streets are lined with designer clothing stores and five-star restaurants. A week-long stay at a luxe hotel penthouse Downtown costs about as much as the average American's yearly salary. Oh my
6: gosh. That's crazy.
5: For a penthouse. That's just how much money is there? Wow. But back in the 1970s, when Nancy was growing up, it was more of a town for the wild and free. It was a place people could move to reinvent themselves. This was the Aspen that Nancy knew and loved. And she really embodied both of those Aspens the free living, free loving town it was, and the luxurious town that it is today. So, like, she liked it at the beginning and liked it as it evolved. Nancy's favorite place to hang out in Aspen was a Hotel Jerome's Famous J Bar. It's long been a place for the rich and famous. Notably, this is where the legendary journalist Hunter S. Thompson set up shop for his Aspen Sheriff campaign, and he and Nancy actually partied together. Nancy had always been sort of a hippie, so she fell in love with that crowd of Aspenites pretty naturally. Nancy hung out and partied with plenty of famous people, including rock stars, movie stars, pro skiers. And even the Kennedys. aspenites That's hilarious. Of course. Aspenites. Of course, of course she they have a partied name. with the Kennedys. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> the Kennedys too, that's true. <laughs> Believe it or not, she dated actors Jack Nicholson. Wow. And Michael Douglas, who really sort of like introduced her to this bigger world of Aspenites. And at one point she and Michael Douglas were actually engaged, but Nancy was a free spirit. She had a lot of boyfriends and she was a
6: heartbreaker for sure.
4: Which, by the way, her and Jack Nicholson met when she was a teenager. But he was in his 30s.
6: Do you, hmm. Do you know how old she Odd. was? Like 13, 16? Well, she <laughs> must have been like she's in the teens. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't matter either way. It's if all the it teens.
3: Ends in teen, she's too young yeah. for you, bro. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's right. <laughs> so Nancy never really settled down long, both physically and in some ways mentally. At age 29, she gave birth to her daughter named Juliana and the father was an Argentinian polo player who Nancy wow. never intended to marry, and Nancy made Hunter S. Thompson her godfather. Is he famous? I don't know Who's who that? that is. I was going to say. So,
5: yeah, Hunter S. Thompson, I, he's kind of before our time, I think, a little bit. I had to look him up, too, but...
1: Have you guys seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? No. Mm-mm. It's like a really famous like drug movie. It's based on his book. He's like a gonzo journalist. Really. mm, mm. Famous kind of for his his style of journalism and his like insane wildlife and
5: mm. you know he rose to prominence because he did a publication on Hell's Angels, um, oh okay the motorcycle mm. I guess mm. gang group yep, group uh-huh. um and I guess that was cool
6: stuff back then so she knows I mean she knows everybody yeah, yeah so
0: that's such a bougie thing to have yeah. like a famous godfather like, yeah randomly your Huntress totally, Thompson you yeah. know
6: him right I'm like,
2: gonna
3: make you our baby's god, god godmother then they <laughs> really? can have a bougie godmother oh, <laughs> I'd be honored
6: Mile high <laughs> I'll be the
0: godmother no baby on the way though right no no, no
6: baby <laughs> good Take I guess I guess you never know but yeah. as far as we know no baby no baby
0: <laughs> <laughs> So Nancy loved being a mom, and she took Juliana everywhere with her on her travels all over the world, and she raised her daughter in a log home in Aspen built by her father in 1991, and she even served as Roaring Fork Schools District PTA. And when she did it off to the next far-flung place on the other side of the globe, she left Juliana in the care of relatives and friends. But Nancy never really settled down in a specific place or with a specific man, but Aspen was always her home base. Many of its conservative, well-to-do citizens did not approve of Nancy Fister's lifestyle. However, she was a social butterfly who could still get along with everyone. Whether it was Aspen's wealthy townspeople, celebrities, ski bums, or waiters, people found her to be charming and magnetic. But just because Nancy was known by everyone in Aspen didn't mean that she was liked by everyone mm-hmm. nancy knew how to party no doubt but sometimes her behavior definitely got her in trouble
5: yeah and it didn't help that she's a big drinker and by big i mean big she mm-hmm. would start with champagne in the morning and be Dang. drunk by noon yeah pretty much every day okay so so it seemed like she was possibly even struggling with
0: yeah addiction Being mm-hmm. okay. yeah
5: mm-hmm. totally yeah. i mean she would also take various pills some were prescriptions some weren't but it was like on a pretty regular basis. So you combine those two together and yep. mm-hmm. things are not going to go well most of the time.
0: So obviously we're just speculating here, but it she could have had a lot of pain and things that she was kind of coping with alcohol. Right. And it's it's really sad when you think about it.
5: But yeah, because she was partying so hard, she developed a reputation for drunken chaos around town and behind her back. People started to call her no pants nance oh my so she got, god she got yeah. she was wild like she got she got after it when it came to party <laughs> mm-hmm. she'd have a different guy every week she would have threesomes foursomes group sex the whole nine which wow. is fine what's
3: yeah
6: Which no yeah. i was no gonna judgment. say and, i
3: mean no pants nance it could be worse yeah As far as far i, just, nicknames I guess that is yeah. true
6: that's a good point
0: she may have liked it i yeah. mean yeah. who knows
6: and how old is she at this point in the in the case well, there she was born that. in 56, so this is
5: okay. after her daughter's born in 91, so we're okay. talking like 30s, 40s, okay, yeah, 30s, probably. Yeah. So we're kind of like going up to before mm-hmm. everything kind of unfolds uh-huh. in her. So she's definitely like through her 30s and 40s partying okay. like this hard. Well, yep.
1: she she met all those like celebrities when she was in her teens and okay, I mean, she was partying ever
5: since. That's so, true. Yeah, yeah. She's been yeah. partying since her teens That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And it just never stopped. Yeah. Okay. But she was also the kind of woman who'd sit in your husband's lap right in front of you and not once, not twice, but like hey. over and over and over again, just without regard. Like, don't don't be doing that. <laughs> yeah,
3: I think today we call those pick me girls. If I am mm. <laughs> knowing on on what all the TikTok people are saying. Yeah, that sounds like
0: an accurate term that I have no idea about. So. <laughs> trying, to, trying to
5: steal your man. <laughs> it's also rumored that sometimes her assistant Kathy and Nancy would sleep together too. So okay. She was very, very free, spirited, absolutely yeah, very yeah. free, spirited.
0: But this is in rumor mill. That's yes. not confirmed. Just to be clear,
5: so Nancy was very good friends with a woman who I just mentioned, Kathy. Her name's Kathy Carpenter. So Kathy worked at the Alpine Bank in town, and she grew up in Roaring Fork Valley. She didn't grow up rich like Nancy though, and she could afford to live in Aspen because her work provided her with housing. But the two had met about ten years prior when Nancy came into the bank to open an account. She told Kathy. You're very beautiful, but you're fat. Oh, my God. Like, straight to (laughs) her face.
0: Like, as soon as she met her. That's insane. She called her fat. You're
5: beautiful, but you're fat. So,
0: And they ended up being really good friends. Yeah. Which, like...
5: Surprises me. Yeah. Yeah. Kathy's response was, and you're a bitch. (laughs) So, I mean... (laughs) And now we're best friends.
3: now I kind of can see the friendship, though, because if someone said that to my face, I would be like too stunned to speak I'd oh be like, yeah. wait, did I'd be they shocked. really just say that i know kathy was quick on her feet yeah she was like and you're a bitch yeah so,
0: so they kind of worked yeah as friends
5: because some i mean some uh, you know we weren't there to see that interaction go down so it could have been more of like a playful, playful. sort of thing yeah. where it's like yeah, yeah. i don't know That's how playful how she, it
0: is to be like
6: you're fat. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's I pretty rude like, no matter <laughs> if you're <laughs> kidding or not you're but. fat if like you're, how did she say if it?
3: you're listening don't tell that joke to me okay i won't think it's playful no i would be so
0: pissed
5: Yeah, you're going to get a scary reaction out of me if you say that to me. (laughs) But the two of them were drinking later that day. So it was like, you know, it's kind of an interesting way to start off a relationship or a friendship and, you know, it led to them becoming friends. Kathy was also Nancy's personal assistant. Kathy was her personal banker, DD, house sitter, and dog sitter. She was also pretty consistently Nancy's drinking buddy. And Kathy was not paid for any of these roles. So oh so you kind of are seeing there's potentially like nancy taking advantage of kathy a bit mm-hmm. you know it's kind of bringing her in and and clearly they liked being around each other to some extent because yeah. why would you be doing all this stuff for somebody
6: if you didn't like being with them yeah and there's perks to being Yeah, with i was nancy gonna say too. well that's the thing i was there, gonna ask there's she, perks yeah did she get like jewelry, you know, whatever it is from Nancy. At least some free drinks, I would imagine. Yeah. No, she
0: she got really introduced into the high life, you could say. Yeah. She started eating sushi. She'd never really done that before. Drinking champagne, introduced to fine art. And without Nancy, she wouldn't have seen certain places or done certain things. So there were a lot of benefits, but Nancy could definitely be, you know, demanding. Yeah. Kind
5: of random, but this reminds me of Bernie Tita a little bit that relationship. Oh,
0: yeah. Very similar. That case, that we were just case. telling you yep. guys
2: mm-hmm. to
5: watch mm-hmm, that, that we movie. were gonna cover. I know. Yeah, They
0: were supposed to be on that episode. yeah and then, Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> Daisy. Damn it. <laughs> so clearly, Nancy was a no bullshit type of person who told it like it was, which sometimes bothered Kathy. And the mixed friend assistant role, as you can imagine, led to some conflict. She and Kathy sometimes got into fights and those fights were definitely fueled by alcohol. One night in August 2012, the two of them were drinking at a bar up in Glenwood Springs, which is another mountain town about an hour away from Aspen. Very low key area. We love Glenwood Springs. Great
5: place to visit if you're coming to Colorado. Mm -hmm. Lots of fun stuff to do there.
0: Yeah. But anyway, they had been drinking and they forgot where they parked their car. Nancy's Toyota Prius. So despite
5: her being like wealthy and everything. Yeah. She's still like driving the Toyota Prius. That's impressive. Yeah, and she it's like,
0: was an environmental queen. You know, she,
5: yeah. I guess that also
2: yeah. took private jets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you the know two equal hour? Right
6: yeah. Do you yeah. know if Nancy had been ar- arrested at all up until this point? I don't think so. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, think I mean, if there was, there was never recorded here and there. Yeah. And also she was so wealthy. She's talk of the Garrett. town. Aspenites Aspen gotta...
0: don't get arrested.
5: True. Oh, yeah. that is.
6: True. <laughs> She's like, yeah. hey,
0: My daddy owns that. Map. Exactly. Yeah. Let me go. <laughs> no, but she definitely I mean, there's really nothing reported. Okay. It's quite possible. She never did nothing anything happened. that would have gotten her arrested. Now, when it comes to the conflict between Kathy and Nancy, obviously, there are two sides to every story. And one side of the story goes something like this. Nancy was trying to force Kathy to drive, but Kathy said no because she'd been drinking. Then Nancy called the cops on Kathy and tried to say that she was afraid of her, but this plan backfired and Nancy was arrested for DUI. So that oh. does answer your question. Okay, there, there we go. She I There's mean, the arrest you were there's looking the arrest. For. That yeah, was almost yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. Nancy had to take classes and pay fines, which she blamed Kathy for. And even though she was super loaded, she insisted that Kathy repay her the $2,500 that she'd lost as a result of the incident, and Kathy eventually did it.
5: Ouch. That's, that's, yeah. that's kind of a mean thing to do when you're probably the one at fault here. But here's you the are. other side of the I story. Because mm-hmm. the other side of the story is quite different. So the pair were drinking, they lost track of where they had left their car, and they wandered around looking for it without any luck. The two then made their way back to the bar and found a server who had just gotten off work. They asked him for help, and for the next hour, they walked around Glenwood Springs trying to find it. The server said the whole time, Kathy was yelling at Nancy or insulting her under her breath. Kathy was so drunk, she was barely coherent. Eventually, Nancy got someone to call the police, and she told them that she was afraid of Kathy, and she was worried she was going to try and hurt her. Wow. So based on that obviously it seems like kathy is the one at fault here potentially or you know she's Mm -hmm. instigating the situation Mm -hmm. and nancy really got away with a lot of this sort of behavior but it cost her some friends and it put distance between her and the friends that did stick around because i mean it's like almost an abusive relationship right yeah and as you can imagine there are lots of fancy parties in aspen (laughs) thrown by well-to-do townspeople and luxury magazines and Nancy used to be invited to those kinds of parties, but eventually only her sisters started to get invited and editors took Nancy off the list mm. because they were worried drunk Nancy shows up and we got a real shit show. Here. No
3: pants. Nance.
5: Yeah. Yeah. You know, things exactly. are going to get
6: wild and out of control. And I can't imagine what that's going to do to her mentally. Yeah. To right. not get oh, invited yeah. to those Your parties. That's her life. It's not like right, she doesn't have a job. Yeah. I mean, she's a socialite. Yeah. So that's so. what she does.
0: Yeah, it was a big hit to her mm-hmm. ego for sure.
5: Which is interesting because it also seems like she's trying to play both sides, right? She's trying to also be this like low-key, down-earth, chill, yeah. Prius driving, you yep. know, kind of like hippie mm-hmm. sort of person, but also wants to be on the other side of this high-living socialite. So it's like, I guess the two can be together, but mm-hmm. most of the time we think you'd be two separate things, right? right? So it's like she's almost trying to like balance between these two different identities. Yeah. and both are important to her right because yeah. yeah. of her where she came from and her family so
0: yeah today's episode is brought to you by stitch fix which is one of my favorite services out there i have been a stitch fix user now for a few years and i have it set for me personally to come every like 2 to 3 weeks i have the maximum amount of boxes being sent to me because i really hate shopping i hate going to the mall i hate rooms. I have like fitting room trauma. And so I love that they send me all these options. And whatever I don't like, I can send back. And as you know, the longer I've been on there, my stylist has really gotten to know me and what I like and what I don't like. And they seem to just really nail my style. I didn't even plan for this. But my entire outfit is from Stitch Fix, all different boxes that I've gotten at different times, my pants, my bodysuit, my little um jacket things
5: yeah your Uh, drip is fire man
0: thank you trying to step it up well that's the thing is i really suck at fashion related things so something like stitch fix really helps me and i can customize what i'm looking for every time so if i just lately i've just been wanting to get tops so i've been like no pants no accessories i just want shirts right now i can always change it back That's really nice. If you have an event coming up, you can ask for a specific color or let them know where you're going. And you can even preview your stitch before they send it, your Stitch Fix box. And if there's things that you don't like that are put in there, you can have them taken out and they'll replace it. One of my favorite things about it is your stylist fee always is applied to your purchases. So essentially it's pays for itself. Um, Which I think is really cool about Stitch Fix. I really uh, can't say enough good things about it. I love it.
5: They have over a thousand brands and styles Mm -hmm. that they work with. So they've got something for everybody. I've actually used Stitch Fix before and I was actually really impressed with how well they are able to kind of like stick to my style because I'm very picky when it comes to my clothes. You are. And they actually nailed it right on the head a number of times. So I just ran out of closet space. So uh Mm -hmm. But Kendall, she's got an endless closet, so she can keep adding to the collection.
0: Yeah, that's right. There's also no subscription required. You can simply refresh as needed or set it and forget it with regular seasonal fixes. You're in complete control. You can skip whenever you want. And like I said, one of the best parts about it is you can try it on at home before you buy. You keep what you love and you send everything back in a uh, prepaid shipping envelope and returns and exchanges are always free. It's a service I recommend to so many people. Just this morning, I was telling one of our employees, you got to get on Stitch Fix because I absolutely love it. So right now, Stitch Fix is offering our listeners $20 off their first fix at stitchfix.com slash mile That's stitchfix.com slash mile for $20 off today. stitchfix.com slash mile So over time, many people believe that Nancy started hanging out with seedier and seedier people, some that were possibly even dangerous. And that was because she was alienating a lot of her friends in Aspen. But make no mistake, she still had friends. Nancy knew how to throw a party. And if you wanted an interesting night, you'd put her on the list to invite to yours as well. And plenty of people did.
6: So when you say seedier and seedier, does that mean just like people in like a different crowd? Like the wrong crowd? Yeah, like kind of dicey individuals. Okay. Who may, might be sketchy. dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Which I think you could
5: take with a grain of salt, right? right? Like, what? That's kind of a blanket term. What is that blanket mean? term? Does CD
3: mean sketchy or does CD mean lower class?
5: Right. Yeah. And, oh, and that's, that's true what too.
3: people could have meant by that. Right. I'm not exactly sure, but right. that's
0: just what people were saying. Right.
5: Because obviously time. somewhere like Aspen, you've got all of these really, really rich people. But then you've got the people that serve the rich and work mm-hmm. in the, the hotels, restaurants, bars, yeah. things like that.
0: So her friends, her Aspen socialite friends could have been like, uh, oh, they're seedy people. Yeah, it yeah.
1: makes sense. Okay. Hanging out with the waitresses. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. That, that could have <laughs> kind of been what it was. Okay.
1: I think it's that. And it's also Nancy was the type of person to literally come up to a random person on the street and like start talking to you mm. and like, mm-hmm. hang out. Like I read some story, this journalist met her in town and they made eye contact and she was eating Chinese food and without a word she literally walked up to him and like put a chopstick thing full of <laughs> Chinese food in his mouth. And like that's how they met and became friends. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Interesting. Like really just, you know mm.
0: super social.
1: Yeah, captivating kind of energy because who does that? You know, it's yep. intriguing. Yeah. But I think at the same time she might have been too trusting. Yeah. Right. Divulging
5: too much information to potentially Mm. the wrong person. Right. Puts yourself Mm. at risk. So I guess that kind of explains.
0: And many of these new people that she was hanging out with had different paths in life by that point. Kids, families, work, stuff like that. And they couldn't just fly out to a different country on a whim like Nancy did. Speaking of which, Nancy was preparing to go to Australia for the winter. Very nice, right? Mm hmm. She usually spent each winter somewhere warm and then let other people stay in her house. So she was just looking for someone to rent the house while she was out and just needed some help preparing for the trip. So Nancy put an ad in the paper looking for a tenant. And in October of 2013, she got a response. And it was from a couple in Denver, 65-year-old Trey Styler and his wife, 62-year-old Nancy. Like we said, yes, they have the same name. So we'll try not to make is too confusing for you guys. So Nancy and William Trey Styler were an eccentric couple from Denver, Greenwood Village to be precise, another area we're very familiar with. And once upon a time, they were rich and they had a very fancy house to match. Their tastes were very new money and their lives were comfortable. Their house was full of fake flowers, white leather couches, massage chairs, fake rock waterfalls. Dang. Yeah, Mm -hmm. kind of an interesting style. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was all decorated in pinks and lavenders. And Nancy had long Dolly Parton blonde hair and long acrylic nails.
5: So we're going to refer to the new Nancy as Nancy S. So you don't get confused. But Nancy S. was a full-time botanist who grew Amazonian water lilies. She founded the Victoria Conservatory and sold lilies to the Denver Botanical Gardens as well as the University of Denver. Trey, on the other hand, was the chief of staff at St. Joseph's Hospital's anesthesiology department. Mm. He was paid very well, and he was a trust fund kid, so he had a decent nest egg as well. Nancy S. didn't come from money, but she quickly grew accustomed to the luxury that comes along with being with a doctor. A photographer named Povey Kendall Atchison spent a lot of time photographing the stylers in their gardens, and this was right around the time that the stylers ran into some serious problems Povey said that the Stylers had always been a little off, which is a nice way to put it. Hmm. But when they ran out of money, they stopped seeming like good people. Hmm. When Trey was diagnosed with a neurological disorder thought to be a milder form of ALS, he had to step down from his position. Trey had also been suing his former employer because he accused the employer of stealing software that he created. But the lawsuit went south and Trey had been paying a lawyer who repeatedly missed deadlines and failed to file motions And it got bad enough that he ended up losing the case because of his lawyer, essentially. Okay. That sucks. What's even worse, though, is that Trey had actually been sending this lawyer tens of thousands of dollars at the time. The lawyer even convinced Trey to take out a new credit card and pay him 30 grand from it.
2: Uh, But
5: in total, this lawyer swindled over $670,000 from him. Oh my gosh. It's like the Tinder swindler. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's crazy. That really like put them into financial ruin. They had to file another lawsuit in order to get the money back from their former lawyer. And then they also had to sell their $2.2 million house in Greenwood Village in order to avoid going into foreclosure. So things just absolutely fell apart for them.
0: Trey was awarded $800,000 in the lawsuit against his former attorney, but the attorney declared bankruptcy and now Trey couldn't collect that money. And as you can imagine, Trey was distraught to the point where he was actually talking about suicide. Oh. Yeah. So the stylers took what little money they had left and planned to start fresh with a new business. And like most rational, realistic people who are strapped for cash, they decided the best place to start over was Aspen, Colorado. (laughs) Oh my God. Just the
5: most expensive town in Colorado. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So they were going to build an aesthetics spa there. I don't know what an aesthetics spa is. I was going to ask about this. Like is it
1: Botox laser? Oh, it's like okay. a med spa, like a med spa.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Which
1: is great for Aspen, I think. Right? Yeah, honestly, that is not a bad idea. I'd imagine though, at the time, isn't someone has probably already hopped on that trip yeah. by then, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they uh, be it like the first in thing in town was <laughs> a grocery store in in Med Spa, a yeah, in Med Spa, yes. a Trader Joe's in a Med Spa, yeah, <laughs>
6: your Botox. my two
5: favorite places, and your yeah. bananas,
6: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, before they moved to Aspen, they had moved to Castle Rock, Colorado, and apparently they left because they suffered a near-fatal carbon monoxide poisoning situation at their rental. They're
3: just really down on their luck.
0: Majorly.
5: That's scary, though, man. That's, like, one of the things that absolutely terrifies me is, like, carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Silent killer, man. Yeah. Make sure you got your carbon monoxide detectors working on. Seriously, like... (laughs) Yeah. yeah, go I've check got, them right yeah. now. Go check them right now. Pause the episode and go check.
0: <laughs> anyway, so they're going to start this med spa situation. And of course, they had to start taking laser classes. And they bought a bunch of fancy equipment to run the place. Their dream was to make their spa the Mountain Oasis Spa, on which would be kind of top of the line luxury destination in Aspen. Nancy S. was also going to work as a seamstress. So they had a bunch of sewing equipment as well. They needed a place to stay, though, so they got to searching, and this is how they connected with the other Nancy, Nancy Fister. And there are different accounts about exactly how they first met. Some say that the Stylers answered Nancy Fister's rental ad. Others say that they met at Hotel Jerome, maybe in that uh, J Bar, R J. What was it called? J Bar. Yeah. J Bar. J Bar. Yeah. But regardless, Nancy Pfister needed tenants to watch her house while she was in Australia from November to May. And the stylers needed a place to stay. So it was a perfect deal. One too good to be true, perhaps.
6: I think it's kind of interesting that she needed someone to watch her house um, Mm -hmm. because she doesn't need the money. Right. Obviously, right. But Mm -hmm. she just wanted it to, I don't know, be occupied, I guess.
3: Yeah, maybe she does, though.
6: I maybe, think, maybe she does need the money, you're saying?
3: Yeah. Like, I think that sometimes you look at Aspenites and you're like, oh, wow, they are just so... But maybe she spends a lot of money. Maybe yeah, she maybe. could yeah. use the money. You know? You, you, never, know. Never, you know. Know. never
5: know. You do never know. And sometimes yeah. really wealthy people are cash poor, right? Right. Like, yes. they've got their in you know wealth in investments and real estate. Like, that's what I think is... A lot of her wealth was actually wrapped up in like property and things like yep. that so it wasn't like she had just like cash at her disposal all the mm-hmm. time which i mean we don't know exactly how much was in her bank account but we do know that cash was kind of an issue so she yep. really did need to rent it out otherwise mm-hmm. like why let random people move into exactly. your nice house exactly, right? exactly. if, if you doesn't don't make need sense. the cash then what's the point right uh-huh. somebody could potentially ruin your house which mm-hmm. kind of
0: lines up with how she you know went after kathy for the 2500 bucks from yep. the dui yeah.
5: It's like, like not it's 20, that much
0: to such a wealthy person but uh-huh. yeah
5: so the deal was this the stylers could live in nancy's home and operate their med spa seamstress business out of it while she was in australia for six months but the deal was that they'd have to take care of nancy's golden doodle good game which yeah you guys know about golden doodles. doodle yeah. daisy
0: that's daisy can Our you imagine doodle? just like finding a tenant and then also leaving your dog like my, the dog comes with the place right yeah.
6: You're renting I the house to to but Australia. take care of my dog yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why it doesn't make sense i'm like what and yeah. leaving the dog at the same time yeah you'd that's have to crazy. be like
0: so picky about who you have to i yeah. like, would not trust people no. to watch my dogs
5: <laughs> <laughs> well think about it too like i think she kind of thought that these guys were gonna be good tenants right because it's like here's this doctor this anesthesiologist yeah. yeah and like how honest were they about how their life was spiraling when they were right. looking for they just needed to get up there so yeah my guess is nancy was like oh perfect i found this you know this doctor and Mm -hmm. this you know med spa person so this is perfect like they'll fit right in here and you know everything's gonna be fine yeah so the rent would be four thousand dollars a month plus utilities for nancy's three bed three and a half bath three thousand square foot private mountain home on 36.5 acres of land so pretty pretty nice and this was a deal though for aspen you can't even rent a studio apartment there for that price, much less an entire house on the mountain. Yeah. And like we were talking about before, the Zillow price for it now is over twelve million dollars. Um, so it's gone up quite a bit since then. But the rent would be paid to Kathy, who would hold on to the money while Nancy was out of town. And Kathy would act as sort of a go-between with, you know, Nancy and the styler. So it's kind of like, you know, Airbnb. Okay. You got like the host. It's yeah. Like, you know, the local host or whatever, if it's like an investment property. That's kind of what Kathy was doing. She's going to kind of keep an eye on things and, you know, be there locally for, for uh, Nancy. So Nancy actually offered to give the stylers one month free rent. The conditions were that Nancy S would still be in the house for the time being. And the stylers would help her pack and prepare for her trip. So now, you know, I'll give you a month free, but you got to come help me pack. It's weird. They got some weird stuff going on here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very, very weird. So Nancy Pfister, always an idealist, told the stylers that meeting them was karma. The stylers agreed to her terms and they were very excited to move in and get started on their new lives. But keep in mind, there was no rental agreement or contract drawn Yeah. So big, big uh, opportunity for issues to arise there. Everything was an oral or verbal agreement and not in writing, which is never good. The world is already expensive as it is the last thing you want to be dealing with on top of paying higher prices for everyday items is dealing with paying off debt how many of you wish there was a better solution to paying off your debt pds debt has customized zero percent interest options for anyone struggling with credit cards personal loans collections or medical bills with rising interest rates and the cost of living at an all-time high now's the time to finally take initiative with your debt stop waiting and start saving with your own custom debt savings options from pds debt pds debt is giving our qualified listeners a free debt savings analysis just for completing the 30 second online debt assessment at slash mh you'll receive a full breakdown on how to save on interest each month and the quickest way to take care of your debt if you're making payments every month on your debt and your balances aren't going down this program is for you pds debt rolls all of your payments into one low zero percent interest monthly payment makes it so much easier to get that debt paid off faster. Everyone with over $10,000 or more in debt qualifies and there is no minimum credit score required. Bad and fair credit accepted. Save thousands in interest and fees and pay off your debt in a fraction of the time. If you're somebody out there who wants to pay off their debt, PDS Debt has a great option for you to see how quick you could become debt free. PDS Debt is offering free debt analysis to our listeners just for completing the quick and easy debt assessment at www.pdsdebt.com/mh. That's p d s d e b t dot slash mh. Take back your financial freedom today by visiting pdsdebt.com/mh.
0: So the first day that the stylers met Nancy, she actually greeted them wearing nothing but her robe and a string of pearls. While no holding, Nance
3: pants. That's yes, exactly. Oh, wait. No
0: pants Nance.
2: <laughs> no I said no Nance right. pants.
0: <laughs> and she was just standing there holding a glass of pink champagne. So definitely living the fine life. And they thought that was a little odd, but the stylers just figured her to be a rich, eccentric type. But things got worse, and life at Nancy's was not good. Nancy proved to be a terror of a landlord. She walked around naked, drunk, and irritable, and she treated the Stylers as servants. Mm. This is the wording they actually used, servants. Nancy Styler said that after only a few days, Nancy Fister would order her around, tell her to get her, her cigarettes, her drinks, this or that, and... Kathy tried to reassure the stylers that this was just the way Nancy was. She meant well, but sometimes she could be a bit much for people who didn't know her all that well. Sounds like a little bit too much for me. I can't even imagine. I I'd feel like I'd be like, out I'd so be so like I'm out.
6: Yeah, There's what? no way I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Nancy was very excited to go on her trip to Australia. She would be studying permaculture in Byron Bay and staying with a 74 year old dentist who reminded her of her father and Nancy loved Australia because who doesn't? Have you guys ever been to Australia? We
6: have no. not. Have you guys? Yeah,
0: it oh, was amazing. I am jealous. It was. It's a cool country. The best week of our lives. Yeah, it's it is very cool. So she was actually considering making a permanent move out there, which that crossed our minds while we were there as well. <laughs>
6: yeah, it was hard to <laughs> it's leave. That awesome. It's beautiful. Was she like dating this guy that she was and going to live with? I yeah. mean,
0: I don't know if it they really say it wasn't like a formal relationship. Uh-huh. I don't even think.
6: I guess she's going to stay with him. So
0: yeah, so I, I think, think it was just, just friendly.
1: She, Yeah, no, it was, she had like a, a different kind of boyfriend playing okay. out there. Right. Okay.
0: okay. Yes. So yeah, they were just friendly with each other
6: and she is free spirited. I forget. So yeah, yeah, yeah. anything can happen. Yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. Yep. exactly.
0: But as the weeks went on, she was running into issues with the stylers. Finally, the stylers thought they had a chance to breathe once Nancy left for Australia. You know, they were off the hook as far as being servants But they quickly noticed that the house was not in perfect condition, to say the least. Literally, the stove didn't work, the dishwasher didn't work, and the hot water was rusty. Jeez. Yeah.
5: Basically, she didn't cook. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. Yeah. Dishwasher doesn't work. Stove doesn't work. The water's rusty. And she's like, it's all good. It's worse for me. (laughs) She's clearly not there eating home-cooked meals probably very often, if that's the case. Unless that was a recent issue, which it might have been, but... But the stylers wanted these issues fixed, obviously. Like, why would you Mm -hmm. go rent a place and you can't use the stove, dishwasher, and your water's rusty? I mean, come on. I would probably start withholding my rent as well. So that's what they did. They said they would pay the money once those things were fixed. They'd already paid Nancy a month and a half's rent up front, $6,000. So they needed to pay another $6,000 in order to be paid up for three months or until February 22nd. Kathy arranged the repairs and the stylers paid her the $6,000 they owed. And in a December 31st email from Trey to Kathy, he said they were paid in full through February 22nd. Kathy emailed Nancy Fister on January 3rd, telling her the stylers were paid through February 22nd, plus an additional $650 Trey had paid in utilities. And that money was in her safety deposit box at Alpine Bank. But things were now very tense. Nancy was very mad about these late payments, and she wanted the stylers out she was considering them squatters even and con men who were taking advantage of her willingness to help them out so immediately jumps to that of course yeah. nancy styler had used one of nancy fister's credit cards and actually racked up 670 dollars in charges mm-hmm. and i mean that wouldn't make anybody mad right, right. Like, yeah like your tenant oh, found sure. a credit card and we're using your credit card yeah it's that's, weird. that's Free a little money
0: weird. okay yeah
5: but as you can imagine like for nancy fister's this like enraged her. I mean, this is just fueling this this fire and and vendetta she has against the Stylers, but the Stylers had also been using her car, and she actually emailed Trey about it on December 12th. And this is a quote from that email. It says, "Nancy Styler charged almost $670 to my card. No cash for the rest of our agreements. Expect to hear from my lawyer. You guys have a lot of nerve to move in with no payments making me upset. I have other people to take
6: care of, Gabe." Better get a moving truck and return to Denver. That's a little weird that they were using her car. Yeah. Like her card, I mean, that's weird, obviously, but they found yeah. it. I mean, I guess I can comprehend it. I'm not saying I would do it, but comprehend, <laughs> okay. you know? But <laughs> don't leave your don't car, car down there. Out. Yeah, don't leave your cars around here. <laughs> Where's my wallet? Yeah. <laughs> but car, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of, I guess it's weird.
3: Well, and I think, you know, we see how um, Nancy reacted with her. Really good friend, Kathy, during their little fight, you know, and she Mm. made Kathy pay back. So now imagine that tenfold with
0: her tenants
3: that she's not even good friends with. She doesn't Mm -hmm. have a history with.
0: She sees them as servants. Yes. So they meant nothing to her. Yeah. Yeah. She was pissed. And these emails continued back and forth. And it was driving the stylers crazy. And on February 17th, Trey emailed Nancy back and he told her that she was repaid for the clothes that his wife had bought because they had bought her a thousand dollars worth of champagne that they weren't paid back for, he also wrote, "Be careful what you ask for; you may get more than you expect." Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Stylers accused Nancy Fister of spreading vicious lies about them on Facebook and over email. Finally, it was bad enough that the Stylers threw in the towel. They decided they were going to be leaving the house, and they fully moved out on February twenty second. As of recently, Nancy was starting to run low on money, and this was part of the reason that she decided to rent her house out. And her not having enough money to stay in Australia was potentially one of the reasons why her trip was cut about three months short since she was planning on staying until May 22nd. So she decides to return from Australia early to evict the stylers and collect three months of rent that she claimed was unpaid. In reality, the Stylers had paid, but now Nancy was out a tenant for the next three months. So in a sense, she's out $12,000. Nancy told Kathy that she wanted the Stylers out of the house. And to be more specific, she said, kick those fuckers out.
6: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. But it appeared that Kathy and the Stylers had developed sort of a friendship while she was gone. Based on their disagreements with Nancy Pfister, they could kind of relate, relate. Yeah. yeah, to each other.
2: Mm -hmm.
5: on facebook nancy posted this message quote i'd like to stay in australia but the people that were supposedly taking care of my house are not doing what they said they would do and they're not paying rent and they haven't paid utilities so the stylers did end up moving out of nancy's house and they ended up moving into the Aspinalt lodge a motel in nearby basalt that cost 119 dollars a night the situation was putting an incredible strain on them Trey had been making suicidal remarks since before they had moved to Aspen, but now Nancy Styler was too, and he was concerned. So things are just getting worse and worse for them. On February 22nd, 2014, Nancy arrived back in Aspen from Australia. This was the same day that the Stylers were supposed to be fully moved out, but they weren't. According to Kathy, Nancy Fister was mad about it, but she more or less accepted it. She was demanding $14,000 in unpaid rent. Utilities and property damages from the stylers before they could come back to the house to get their spa equipment. So they have all this expensive equipment there, and Nancy's like holding it hostage. That sucks. I also yeah. feel
3: like the number just keeps suspiciously getting higher of mm-hmm. what they owe her. Like every time she yeah. talks, yeah. she's like, wait, no, now it's this. Now yeah. it's
5: this. Yeah. I'm almost wondering if she came back. She's like, oh, you guys broke the stove. You broke the dishwasher. Yeah. The water's rusty. What are you guys doing here? Like, right? because there was no formal like yeah. tenant yep. agreement signed with like an, like all the formalities for that. It was just kind of like, oh, you watch my house. Cool. You pay me. Cool. And then none of that happened. And now she's pissed. So Kathy picked Nancy up from the airport and Nancy asked Kathy to stay the weekend at her place, which she did. She said the weekend was pleasant and it was good to have her home. On the morning of the 24th, Kathy left the house. But before she did, she left a sign up for any potential visitors that said, do not disturb Nancy sleeping. Nancy was still very jet lagged from her trip home. And by that morning, she was finally able to get some rest.
0: So this was the last time that Kathy said she saw Nancy Fister. Nancy Styler had actually messaged Kathy as early as February 21st, saying she hadn't seen or heard from Nancy Pfister. Nancy Styler even speculated to Kathy that maybe Nancy Fister had killed herself in the following days. So right here, this story has conflicts already. Also, why is Nancy S. already speculating that Nancy Fister has killed herself? Doesn't that right. seem a little unusual to jump to that conclusion? Who says that yeah. when you don't even... No, what what led you to get there? Right.
6: Yeah, sounds like she's trying to plant some seeds. Right. I don't know, but... That's
0: what it sounds yep. like. The stylers said they had the legal right to get their stuff back, which they did, of course. So they came back to the property with a police officer there to supervise on February 24th. They wanted the cop there in case Nancy Fister tried giving them any issues. But it turns out they wouldn't need him. They loaded up their stuff until four in the afternoon with no sign of Nancy there. They hadn't heard from her, and they noticed that the dog hadn't been let out.
6: Which
2: poor, poor is Gabe.
0: sad. That's, I know. That's horrible. I know. Nancy Styler said she did notice a foul odor coming from Nancy Fister's bedroom closet, but she didn't think anything of it. But it was concerning enough for her to call Kathy about it
5: so there's a couple weird things here and I'm going back to what Garrett said planting seeds yep Mm -hmm. because of course she's like oh we're gonna need a police officer to go up there with us because Nancy's gonna give us hell you know get her stuff out of there then conveniently they're like oh no it was actually fine there was no issues whatsoever Weirdly, the dog was still inside, not yeah. let out. But we mm-hmm. just, you know, we just casually packed up all of our stuff. And, and there was a
0: horrendous <laughs> smell, but...
5: Yeah, weird. Sometimes it
6: smells bad, you know, yeah. like... <laughs> we'll
0: have Kathy take care of it. No need for us to go look and check it out. Exactly.
6: Yeah, very... Super sketch already. Very sketch.
0: So on February 26, 2014, Kathy got a call from the stylers, and they said they were going to Nancy Fister's house that evening to pick up some trash bags that they left outside the house. But Kathy would get to the house first when she went to pick up Gabe. Kathy also noticed that the dog hadn't been let out and now she was concerned. And earlier Nancy Styler had informed her that the foul smell was coming from the closet. Kathy hadn't been able to get a hold of Nancy for days at this point. So she starts searching the house.
5: Yep. So that's super weird. Like yeah. if you went back, like just think of put yourself in this situation. If you went back to a house to get your stuff, cause you had been kicked out or whatever, and you notice a foul smell w- coming from I it. would open the door immediately, I right. feel like. I feel like anybody would. That'd just be like yep. instinct to go be like, oh, what is that? You yeah. know, is it dog poop or, you know, what's, yep. what's going on? Mm-hmm. And you would go and actually seek out the smell. But the fact is, it's just like, oh, yeah. It smells bad. Yeah, it smells just bad. We this, yeah. And then they didn't even bother. Like, why not bother to let the dog out? You were just there. Yeah. It's weird. Let the dog out real quick. They didn't do that Especially
0: either. Especially when they were taking care of the dog for a right. while. So right. It's, right. it's not like they're you, new to doing that. You didn't grow attached to this dog at all while you were watching him.
5: You don't feel bad for it when you go there and it needs to go outside or it's like urinating all over the place. Like, yeah, yeah, Very, very suspicious stuff going on here. When Kathy entered Nancy's bedroom, that worry quickly turned into panic. Mm. There was a blood smear on her headboard and there was this, again, horrible smell coming from the closet. Kathy tried opening the door, but it was locked apparently. So she raced to her house in order to grab a spare key for it. She raced up the stairs, unlocked the closet door, and was hit with an atrocious stench. Oh, no.
0: Yeah, you know where that's going.
5: And that's when, inside of Nancy's bedroom closet, she found Nancy's body wrapped in a sheet. Kathy was immediately in a state of shock and hysteria. She ran to her car and sped off in the direction of the police station. On her way, she called 911, screaming and sobbing.
6: Which, right away, why... Whoever did this, I mean, I'll find out. Why would the body be in the closet? Like, yeah. out of all places, why are you putting the body back in the closet where she lives? I don't know. I think it's just it's kind of weird.
0: Like, well, is it possible that she was killed in the closet? True. But, I, I mean, fully killed, obviously. Yes. Things started in the uh, bed. I see what you're saying. But maybe it continued on into the closet. It
6: or they be. moved her there yeah, in a weird attempt like, to,
0: like, conceal.
3: Yeah, or? so it's like,
6: if you're going to move to the closet, why not move her somewhere else I yeah. guess is what I'm saying you know or yeah.
3: it was just all part of a diabolical plan that they knew they were going to have the police officer come up they were hoping that he would find uh, her he yeah, didn't yeah. so then they called Kathy hoping that then Kathy would go over and find her that's true so they didn't have to be the one to find the body
5: yeah. I think to answer your question about the closet is because whoever did this is trying to stage a suicide yeah oh, and oh people okay commit suicide in the closet where they hang themselves in the closet so I think that's the the thought behind this is that it's supposed to look like a suicide. Makes sense. Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah, considering there's blood, blood on smeared the on yeah. the headboard. But right. You know. They tried, I guess. They yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it seems like. So, we actually have a part of that 911 call that we're going to play right now.
0: Yeah, and definitely take note of Kathy and how she sounds on okay. this call and let it, I want to hear your thoughts after this.
2: Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my
0: god. Uh, 911, what is the address of the emergency
2: Help
0: me. Oh, my God. oh What is the address of the emergency? Oh. Is
2: that a house, business,
4: or apartment?
2: It's a house. It's Nancy's Fitzgerald House.
0: My my friend. Oh. Ma'am, tell me exactly what happened.
2: Oh, oh. my my friend had it. Oh. I got my bed in the closet. Oh. Oh. Ma'am, tell
0: me exactly what happened.
2: My, my friend came back from Australia to see picture. And she had some people living there. She really kissed them off. And um, she made threats to them about owing money. And I don't know what it is. I couldn't find her. She didn't call. And these people said the dog had been in the house and she hadn't been around. And so I went up there to get the dog. Was looking for her.
0: I need you to tell me exactly what happened.
2: I, I can't. My friend is in her closet. Yes.
0: In her closet. Yes. Okay, stay on the line with me. We're gonna send help that way.
6: Holy crap! Yeah.
2: That's so, insane. She. Yeah.
6: She definitely. I mean, I don't think it was her. I just. Yeah, my first gut better. reaction
0: is that that was genuine. Yeah, interesting. I agree with you guys. Josh and I are a little torn on Kathy.
6: Oh, okay, interesting. So, what are your thoughts, Josh? I mean, fr- from that nine one one call,
5: I definitely think there's there's some genuine emotion there. Although, the circumstances of how this, you know, now that we know kind of how it all unfolded, is is a little odd, and just some of the things she says, I think are. And again, it's it's hard, right? When people it are in these hard. situations, you d- you yeah. never know if it, this is just like genuine reactions to, to, to trauma, trauma that they just saw right. or if people are trying to fake emotions in order to paint a picture mm-hmm. for the authorities. And I think after hearing that again, I'm slowly moving away from her being invol- involved, okay. but yeah. I, I'm still suspicious because I still think I do feel like there's still some possible motive for her to be involved in some way in this, whether it's because because the thing about it, it almost seems like she's trying to tell dispatch like, hey, it's Blame. these two people yeah. immediately that, Blame. you know, that yeah. were, you know, she
0: pissed these people off. Yeah.
3: Which is a sign. Of, it is so, like that is. I mean, if you were in a, a, a cop looking or a detective looking at this, yeah. you would say the fact that she immediately took blame off herself and pointed it at someone else is a sign of suspicion.
0: Yeah. I mean, most people in that situation, and I mean most, obviously, it's quite possible she just, this came to her mind, but oftentimes, we see things where people start setting it up ahead of time. Right. It reminds me of even Alec uh, Mm Murdoch. Did you guys follow that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, immediately when police are called, he's he's talking about the boat accident and how all these people were out to get him and that's That's the first thing on his mind. Right. Versus, I mean, it is suspicious.
5: Cause for me, like I'm thinking I would just be explaining my actions that just happened like five seconds ago, not instantly going yep. launching into yeah. this like historical account of everything that's been happening to Nancy Pfister right. in yeah. this sort of moment. You know what I mean? It's almost like it just doesn't seem natural to me to go okay. to that place yeah. where you would be like, Oh yeah, she just got back from Australia and yeah. you know, yeah. she's been fighting with with these people that are renting okay. her house. Versus just being like immediately, I just want to enter her house. I found her dead body in the closet. Yeah. You know, and just like staying on that point. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but instead is already insinuating a, a different narrative going on. So yeah. something, I mean, could mm. be completely genuine, but I do find yeah. it a little suspicious. I but. mean,
0: we're we're like both really torn on it. We were talking about it earlier, us four, um, the Mile Higher crew as well, and it seems like the majority of us lean towards Kathy not having involvement, but there is a lot of suspicion from people in general, but also experts in the case. And we'll get into more of that later. Yeah. Um. But right off the bat for me, that reaction is just, she sounds so fucking traumatized. Yeah. that no. I can't, uh, it's, it's very hard. And, you know, I've watched a lot of interviews with her on like Dateline and crime, true crime daily. And to me, she's always come across as genuine, genuine, Gen- like yeah. really in pain. And, and yeah.
6: but people can yeah. no. people you're right and I'm, uh, I'm curious to see where the case goes because like Kendall said like it did seem well it seems genuine but maybe I'd just be a bad detective I and know it, sometimes I think I would too don't let yeah. me be a police officer because I'd be like oh I believe you I'm yeah. such an yeah, empath you do if
0: people are crying <laughs> yeah. and that Traumatized and upset, like I just instantly would believe that I would probably be a bad investigator in in that sense.
3: I will say 911 calls are so hard because how people react in trauma is so unique and hard. And I think that we used to be like, oh, that was the wrong reaction. He must be guilty. She must be guilty. But, you know, we had a, a little scare in January and Garrett had to call 911 and it was really, really scary. Oh my God. And I will say if you went back and listen to his 911 call, let's just hope I never get murdered because they will immediately suspect Garrett because on the call he's like, "Yeah, uh my wife just says she can't breathe."
6: Yeah, I was pretty calm.
3: He's like <laughs> so casual. He was That's so casual That's like a good I point. was having
6: That's a pure
3: crisis and Garrett was like, "I don't know, yeah, she, I yeah, she just says she can't breathe." Here's our address. Here's this. Like, he was yeah. so. Which is good. That's yeah, a good skill good. to have, especially mm-hmm. if but, you guys,
0: everyone, have kids. Like, like, you didn't <laughs> act like you were in That's any a good point. type of diocese. I guess situation. you just
6: never know how people yeah. react. It, okay. Yeah. Mm. It's,
0: I think it's so true. Traditionally, in true crime, People are judged very much on their reactions to things. But in times of trauma, everyone everyone just reacts, reacts differently. differently. Yeah. Mm, so yeah. it's it's super I, hard to say. I'm
6: curious to see the evidence because this will be interesting. Oh yeah. I
2: Let's
5: have two other things that. as I'm sitting here listening yeah. and thinking. With Kathy, so you walk in, you go to your, your friend's house to, you know, supposedly check on the dog, right? Which I'm like the timing of everything is yeah. very interesting to me. She goes in, she finds her her friend. Mm -hmm. dead in the closet her first gut reaction is to run out of the house get in the car and drive away from the house one could say maybe she wasn't able to call from the house but that seems very weird to me because you know someone say well her house is kind of out in the middle of nowhere she didn't you know she didn't have a way to call there's no service whatever it may be but she drives and then she ends up like pulling over and that's where she calls, and then she just like stays there until the cops get there and the cops yes. are, are talking to her. But the fact she flees the scene is a little it's interesting odd. to me. Yeah, I think it's a little odd. Versus staying there with your friend or at the house and, you right. know, and maybe she was just scared and like ran out or something like fight that. Fight
0: or flight. But- <laughs> yeah, from my, from my, uh, perspective i would i would take off i'd be so freaked out yeah. i want to get the fuck out of that Same. house as fast as possible mm. yeah
5: well there's i get. I guess there's also on that that side of things you could yeah. think is the killer still here Yep. there's yeah. somebody dead in the closet because that's, that's i think it's kind of staged look like a suicide but if you found somebody wrapped up in the closet i don't think people are going to necessarily immediately go to that they're going to think somebody killed her right. and obviously yes. she saw the blood on the headboard yeah so maybe it was like I need to get out of here. I'm scared because there could be a killer here that could kill me as well. So she's trying to flee the area. Yeah. I'm thinking,
3: but, oh my gosh, I my whole soul is trying to run away right now because yeah. this is too much trauma. Like I physically can't handle this, so I'm just going to go get in my car. As far away from it know, as possible. You know on Hereditary yeah. when he just like yeah, continues yeah. home? Yeah. It, like oh, that's yeah. me. Like I'm just like, I just need to get out of this situation.
0: Yeah. I think I would be the same way. Yeah.
6: It was also kind of interesting. She said my friend um i don't know i guess that's just interesting verbiage to me she's like Mm. my friend was killed um
3: she has to explain to a stranger
6: i guess that's true Mm -hmm. i don't know
0: welcome to our podcast where we just disagree the whole time (laughs) play
3: devil's advocate the whole time
6: we do that a lot
0: too i think that's what makes these couple podcasts interesting
5: agreed (laughs) so the police obviously immediately rushed to the house and that's where they found nancy's body in the closet Kathy was so hysterical that she had to be taken to the hospital and sedated. Wow. So that tells
0: you a lot, too. I mean, she was really,
5: She's freaking really
0: out. traumatized. Uh-huh.
5: There wasn't a lot of visible blood at the scene. Barely any, actually. Just that small smear on the headboard.
0: And it, it is small. Like, we didn't clarify earlier. It's it's pretty
5: yeah, tiny. It's, yeah. it's not a lot of blood. But what was weird is that her mattress had actually been flipped over to conceal a blood pool beneath it. So Which
0: I don't know what their thought process behind. Yeah, that was. Yeah,
5: like they're just gonna lift up If you walk in and see a bed flipped over you're gonna flip the yeah. bed back. Yeah, right? just touching more things for DNA. Yeah. yeah, exactly Yeah Nancy was covered in a blanket a towel and a white bed sheet and investigators said it was hard to determine how the body was positioned When they first walked in but there was the unmistakable stench of death Nancy's neck had been covered with a towel a heavy-duty yellow extension cord was then wrapped around the towel and her neck and her body was wrapped from the shoulders down in a heavy-duty trash bag. And her head was covered in two white kitchen bags, which...
3: It's just not saying suicide. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I
5: mean, that's not typical for somebody committing suicide that way.
0: Yeah, if someone's really trying to stage it, obviously, if yes. they're doing a rush job. They're not really yeah. thinking it through. Yeah. If that was even like the their plan. the trash bags?
5: What is yeah. what's up with that? Yeah. There would be no point to doing that if you're yeah. going to yeah. hang yourself or something. But she had died from blunt force trauma. Her manner of death was homicide and someone had brutally beaten her head with a hammer.
0: I know it's really hard to think about.
5: What's even harder is that she had no defensive wounds. So whoever did this probably did it while she was sleeping. Yeah. So that's that's absolutely horrible. No way to even defend yourself. You're just killed while you sleep.
0: And what's kind of interesting about that is Nancy was known for really liking her sleep. Like she would, she didn't want anyone to ever bother her. She would put on the eye mask, the mm-hmm. ear earbuds and be like, do not call me. Do not interrupt me for any reason. And so she was probably like peacefully in her sleep and yeah. had no idea. Oh, that's you horrible. Know? I know.
5: Is So with that being said, did a killer know that? And did they take advantage right. of the yeah. fact that Nancy just came home from Australia would likely be catching up on sleep. Mm-hmm. The and sign on advantage. the door, too,
6: that said, like, don't she bother would be me. She Yep. Right.
0: Maybe someone who had lived with her for a period of time or Maybe. was the best friend. Yeah. And
1: how yeah. did they get in? Because there were no signs of forced entry in the house. Right. Right. Oh,
5: good point. Yeah. But there's been keys handed out everywhere. Yeah. 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 Could they have uh, made have a, a copy key? of the key? You know, could mm-hmm. they have just held on to the key? Mm-hmm. So how'd they get in?
0: So later that night, starting at 7.56 p.m., Nancy Styler made a flurry of calls, 13 different calls, to six different people, including Kathy and Kathy's mother. They had gone to the house, like she said, to pick up those bags, but the sight of all those police vehicles had spooked them, according to her.
4: And as soon as this news broke, I mean, this shook the town of Aspen. Like, people were Mm -hmm. shocked that Nancy Pfister was found dead in her house in this horrible, gruesome way. And I had read that it was the first murder that happened in over a decade in the town. And what's interesting is Aspen actually, like relative to Colorado, has a higher um, crime rate than the majority of the state. However, that's like more so property crime. So violent crime is like pretty low in Aspen. Mm -hmm. So again, this just like blew people away.
3: Mm -hmm. And I'd imagine, you know, from the way it's being described, she knew a lot of people. She did Because she wasn't, she wasn't prejudiced. She just kind of talked to anyone, you know. And people
0: just knew of her Her
3: too. So I'm sure it was one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, my brother's mom saw her at a party once. She was sitting on her stepfather's sister's lap, husband's lap, where people
0: just knew her connection to Buttermilk Mountain and her dad and everything, Yeah, so it was shocking for sure. So obviously the police immediately began to hunt for Nancy's killer and they immediately began to uh, suspect both the Stylers and Kathy Carpenter. And the main reason being, of course, there was a very heated dispute going on between Nancy Pfister and the Stylers. That and the fact that they had been living in the house and had the keys to the place. I'm sure that it's also suspected because
3: Nancy had taken this public on Facebook.
0: Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So when mm-hmm. you're
3: like, oh, you know, she's fighting with these people on Facebook, yeah. and then the next day she's dead.
0: It's documented online. Yeah. So for the next week, the police put the three of them on surveillance. The next morning at 5.30 a.m., the police ex- executed a search warrant at the Styler's motel room. They found Trey lying in bed, looking very frail and in poor health. They then handcuffed the couple and took them in for interrogation. Interesting. Yep. So the police said they wanted to talk to her about a body found at 1833 West Buttermilk. But Nancy said she had no idea what they were talking about, even after they gave the address. So and It was she saw the police cars exactly. when they went to pick up the back. Yeah. Right. Like, And she, and it's just talk of the town right. at that point. She probably knew. So
5: why is she skirting yeah, those mm-hmm. questions there? Why not just be honest? Be like, oh, yeah, we were headed back over there to go pick up the rest of our stuff, and there was police vehicles. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, what do you mean?
6: <laughs> like, never... Her- Yep.
2: Never
0: heard of her
5: before, no, actually. Nothing. You know that
0: place. <laughs> yeah. 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 She claims that it was only when she heard the names of Nancy Pfister's sisters on the police radio that she realized that something may have happened to Nancy. So Nancy S tells the police that she was shocked that they wanted to talk to her. She told them she had nothing to do with the body found in the house. But she said that she thought that Nancy Pfister had committed suicide. She brought that up. Again. Again. Again.
6: That's so weird. That's obviously, investigators are like, ding, ding, ding. Red like, this flag is... all over the place. That's this is
5: very sure. strange. Yeah,
6: For sure. The deputy DA was really struck during this
5: interrogation with how Nancy Styler just couldn't stop talking about how much of a horrible person she thought Nancy Pfister was. Nancy Styler called her a liar, an alcoholic, and the most self-loathing person she'd ever met. She said she treated her like a slave, called her and Trey trailer trash, and said they belonged in a trailer park in Basalt. Nancy Styler told the deputy that not one person said a nice thing about her, and she insisted, quote, I have never been disrespected by anyone in my life as much as I've been disrespected by this woman.
0: Which, don't you think that is strange? Even if she's not involved, Mm -hmm. if you get called in for someone's murder, and- obviously first of all it's just insensitive and weird timing to start talking shit about them even if you feel like she deserved it yeah but also it's it's making you look more and more
3: guilty Guilty. and i i think it would just be more normal to be like listen we've had our problems like i don't think she's a very good person but i don't right you know like watch an episode of csi yeah and then just (laughs) do what they do when they hate them yeah
0: exactly
5: it's almost like she's incriminating herself yeah. mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. saying these things because it's like almost giving the police motive for her to potentially want to do harm to mm-hmm. her. Like, oh, you hate her that much? And, you know, she's explaining all of the animosity that they have between each other. We actually have a clip of Nancy Steller talking about Nancy Fister. Let's play
2: it. She was on Facebook saying awful things about us. You're liars, you're cheats, you owe me money for this, you owe me money for that. I think that I was very honest with them when they said to me, did you like her? And I said, no. I hated her.
5: You said more than that. You said she's a liar. She's an alcoholic.
2: She disrespected me like no other person has ever done. And that was all honest. What was I supposed to say? No, I never said that. I did say it. But that doesn't mean I was going to kill her.
6: Dang, she's bitter.
2: Yeah, very. Yeah, you very can better. just
5: hear it in her voice; like mm-hmm. she really does not like Nancy Fister.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: On the twenty seventh and the twenty eighth, both Trey and Kathy took police polygraph exams. They were asked about their involvement in Nancy's death, and the polygraph examiner said that both of their exams showed deception. Which, again, polygraph tests are not admissible mm-hmm. in court. Yeah, people, you know, can dupe them, and things can, you know, seem like it's deceptive, but it's not. It's very controversial. Yeah, but if you you know sometimes they are accurate and if that's the case both of them show deception that's
6: concerning right yeah. Failed like misery yeah. yeah. We we talk about polygraphs all the time mm-hmm. on the podcast because like, i tell
3: him if something happens to me please he's like, don't take don't a take a polygraph <laughs> i know garrett will just fell one i yeah. know it
6: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> later that
5: day nancy fister's handyman and close friend paid nancy and trey a visit at the Aspinall lodge and Nancy Styler kept telling the handyman how much she hated Nancy Pfister. It made the handyman so uncomfortable that he decided to leave. So you can, from that clip you just saw, you can imagine how yeah. like irate she probably was talking about Nancy. Nancy Styler was very open about how much she disliked Nancy Pfister. To this day, she openly states that she absolutely hated her. Multiple times, Nancy Styler told Kathy that she wanted to kill Nancy Pfister. She said the three of them would make jokes about it.
3: The three.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's okay. kind of weird. gosh. Hey, yeah. The three. Yeah. See? The three. I know that. Hmm. Why participate in that if you're, you yeah. know, you're really this like diehard friend for Nancy? Yeah. That's yeah. very weird.
0: And there's more. At one point during their Aspen stay, Trey went to Alpine Bank and tried applying for a 25000 to $50,000 loan. And he told a bank officer that he needed this money to pay the first and last month's Rent at Nancy Fister's place and to start a spa in Hotel Jerome. On February eighteenth, the bank rejected the loan application because the styler's credit scores were too low. When Trey found out, he went to the bank and told the branch president that if something happened to Nancy Fister, it would be "quote best for all involved."
2: Mm-hmm.
6: That's weird. This is getting they're just yeah. drawing more and more weird. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. This everywhere. Yeah. It's getting um, ridiculous. Yep. Yep.
0: Trey also told the president that if he killed himself his wife would get a million dollars in life insurance payout. Later that day, he went to a local jeweler and tried to sell his wife's ring. The jeweler made Trey an offer, but Trey didn't like it. So again, he threatens to kill himself to the jeweler. It's well, so like telling all these people he's going to kill himself.
6: Which is that even true? Would she get a million dollars if he killed himself? Do well, you guys know?
0: I mean, it's, it depends on the policy, but right? in this circumstance, yes. Yeah,
1: this one didn't have a suicide
0: clause. Oh, okay. Wow. So. so she
6: really would have. Okay. Yep.
0: yep. Which is crazy. Which is
6: important
5: to remember for later as well. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: It is. According to a motel employee who worked at the Aspenalt Lodge front desk, Nancy would frequently come down to the lobby and grab the local paper. And in particular, she was interested in the stories about Nancy Fister's murder. So she's keeping tabs yeah. on what they're doing. And according to this employee... Nancy said that she was collecting stories for a
6: scrapbook. A scrapbook? Yeah. What a world? world? I know. Like your hate book or
5: something? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: The like, burn, burn book. book and her burn book. Burn book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
5: That's, that's, that's yep. the reference I was looking mm-hmm. for.
0: And she had a very strange, kind of lighthearted, cheeky attitude about all of it. And the clerk would say that she would say things like, oh, we're the criminals in room 210.
5: Continue to incriminate yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. My God. Look more and mm-hmm. more guilty. Why don't we? Yep. Like if you're going to potentially commit a murder, why on earth would you go around? Yeah. Telling all these people, like she thought
0: it was a joke, kind of. Yeah. Maybe she was that confident. That yeah. That, they...
6: that she didn't. do Or it. Yep.
0: alternatively, she didn't know that, and she actually she was is innocent.
5: murdered. Yeah. Yeah, it's true.
0: Yeah, and she's like, oh, they think we're the criminals, but jokes on them, we didn't actually do anything because maybe in her mind she really thought that sweating not joking if they thought i was the criminal same i would be very i definitely wouldn't be flippantly talking to to random people it's very strange so jumping back to the 28th a lot happened that day after the stylers were interrogated a town of basalt facilities manager was doing a routine check of the bear proof trash bins in town and it was illegal to dump personal trash in the downtown trash bin. So this worker had been checking to see if there was any illegal trash disposed. And that's when he came across something very strange in one of the bins just behind the Aspinall Lodge where the stylers are staying. Mm-hmm.
5: So lo and behold, it was a prescription pill bottle with Nancy Fister's name on it in that trash can. Of yeah. course. Then in a large trash bag, contained even more of her personal belongings oh. and then when the worker dug a little bit deeper he found a small white bag with a bloody hammer
2: inside <gasps> and her. Yeah. yeah
0: and then he throws it out they or someone that would fr- throws it out that at would
6: the- freak me out yeah if i was going through a trash bag and there was a bloody hammer in there right? no way
0: i know I know. Can you imagine?
6: Yeah. Hammer,
5: blood, don't don't go together. Yeah. And, well, no. I guess unless you like hammered a Yourself. nail into your thumb or something. I've <laughs> done that a few <laughs> times. Yeah. So that, that's one pill way. But the bottle. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. obviously he's seeing Nancy Fister's name and he's like connecting yeah. the dots. And yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. She's
3: been murdered. Right. Yeah. yeah. Did I just find the murder weapon? Murder. Yeah.
5: Yeah. 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 So after discovering all this, he immediately calls the cops. The police found more items inside the bag like paperwork with the styler's names on it. A receipt for an Aspen P.O. box with Trey's name on it and the vehicle registration for the Stylers Jaguar. Which, yeah. What? If you're disposing of a murder weapon, why put
3: something with your
0: name on it?
5: Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But
0: here's something to throw a wrench in our thinking. Okay. What if someone planted this evidence trying to blame the Stylers? It feels a little too obvious. And who could that person possibly be? So it goes back. Yeah, exactly. So
6: maybe Josh Mm -hmm. had some reason yeah mhm. It's true. I mean,
5: the stylers are not dumb people, like from an intelligent yes you know, right. point He's of a view. He's a doctor mm-hmm. like these guys are not just like dummy criminals that yeah. are running around making dumb mistakes and like these guys are really smart. Why on earth would they go and dump you know if they did do the murder, why would they then go dump a bunch of their own personal paperwork along with it in the same trash can it right makes does no sense
3: feel too obvious mm-hmm. i guess you With could say the like, bottle, like mm.
5: they were rushed or something and they forgot it was in there and they just threw it all in there but it's like really yeah like yeah. obviously whoever put the hammer in the trash can did it strategically thinking well nobody will ever check the trash this public trash can you know some random guy that yeah. just throws yeah. it out like what's the chances that they're gonna actually search through it again though but maybe they this did is a know theory, that yeah.
0: and they definitely could have yeah. this is of the trash
5: this, there. yeah this is a little confusing one
0: I know. It certainly is.
5: So the police went and searched the Styler's Jaguar and they found even more evidence. There was actually red-brown stains in the driver's side front and back seats, and also cleaning supplies in the trunk. Three days later, the police even found the missing key to Nancy Fister's closet sitting a few yards away from the Styler's motel room. Wow. That day, lab results came back and confirmed that the blood on the hammer indeed belonged to Nancy Pfister. So again, could be Planted evidence there or yeah. this is just like open shut. Yeah, yeah criminals just it's like Lost mm-hmm. control of the situation we're not thinking through any of their actions and we're just messy after which in my mind seems Kind of unlikely considering who we're dealing with here, but Nancy and Trey were arrested on March 3rd and they were both charged with first-degree murder of Nancy Pfister but there's another twist 11 days later on March 14th, Kathy Carpenter was arrested and charged with first-degree murder. The police said that Kathy's statements to them were inconsistent, and she also had a motive, given their rocky relationship, and probably some of the things that Nancy Styler told Uh police as well. So police are connecting the dots here. They're like, okay, there's more than one person involved here based on the evidence we're finding and based on the statements that they're collecting.
0: So Kathy told the Aspen Sheriff, Joe DeSalvo, that she'd seen the stylers at Nancy Pfister's home on February 26. But later she told the Pitkin County Sheriff's Office investigator, Brad Gibson, that she hadn't seen them there that day.
6: Anytime there is inconsistencies in someone's story, I'm mm-hmm. just instantly like, they're involved, they're <laughs> guilty. Because yeah. to mess that up that many times, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just have zero
3: yeah, because it is a little like you think that these things would just get concrete in your brain once something traumatic happens. Yeah. Um. So when someone's story does start changing, the only reasonable explanation feels like,
0: well, they're lying and they can't remember their lies.
5: Yeah, exactly. It's weird. Yep.
0: And that's, we see that over and over and over.
5: Not to mention her behavior.
0: Yeah,
4: it was real bizarre. If you watch the interrogation footage, which it's all like copyright, so we couldn't put any of it in, but it's out there. You can look at it. It's very interesting. There's this one point where she is like, looks like she's hysterically crying, losing her shit. But then it turns out that actually she was fake crying during it and there was no tears on her Mm -hmm. face so yeah like
6: the police were like this is fake yeah so like how do you know she wasn't doing that during During the the call call. exactly right
4: and also this is kind of bizarre um she was talking at one point about the location of nancy's injuries and how they were on her forehead but it turns out the way she was describing it was like spot on exactly where the injuries were found in the autopsy So how did she know exactly like where these injuries were if she just like basically opened the door, found this person dead with the sheet over her head, runs out like it's not like she was in there poking around or anything. And somehow she knew exactly where those Mm -hmm. injuries
0: were. Which didn't she deny that or she tried to walk that back at one point? No, she said that there
4: was this one part where they um, believed that she was saying it there's blood all over her um, forehead. On the nine one one call, but mm-hmm. she was like, "No, I said headboard," and they go back do some research, and it was technically headboard, so she, you oh, know okay. it wasn't anything. Okay,
6: still, there. she's looking. Yeah, she's looking pretty suspicious to me.
0: I know, I know, it's hard. So Kathy's mother also told one of the CBI agents that Kathy said she'd seen Nancy's body wrapped in a sheet, but when Kathy was interviewed by that same CBI agent. She didn't mention anything about this. But then there's this. Turns out the day after she found Nancy dead, Kathy went to Nancy's safety deposit box and emptied it out, pocketing $6,000 in cash and also two family rings. It's like, why? I know.
3: Now she just looks so Uh, guilty because who does that when their best friend just died? Why is
5: that a priority for you? makes it right after this right shouldn't you be grieving and just like trying going
0: there make you feel sick
2: yeah
5: yeah
0: she ended up using some of this money to buy her son a plane ticket home and pay his college tuition and kathy tried to cover this up and hide it from police she told them that she was planning on giving the rings to juliana who is nancy's Mm -hmm. daughter but it's never been confirmed that she actually gave them to her and in her interview she's been very much like they're trying to paint me as a thief. I'm not a thief. That wasn't my intention. So
5: She makes it sound like she's just trying to be a good friend and yeah. that's what Nancy want would want her to do, I guess. And it's so hard when it listening to her.
6: To her, her
0: she sounds she sounds so genuine and authentic to me, but of course you can't you her can't actions judge off that.
6: speak way different I know. than what yeah, I know.
0: Then there's the issue of the 911 call. Kathy says that she didn't move the body or touch anything. But how would she have known that Nancy was dead under those sheets unless she checked? Could she have assumed that the sheets were just a pile of laundry? Kathy told the 911 operator, she's dead, full of blood, wrapped in a thing. But the way that Nancy was wrapped, you couldn't see any blood. So Mm-mm. how did she know that Nancy was, you it know, was her in the underneath place, the yeah. in the first place?
6: Oh, this is getting worse and worse. I know. I know. Kind
5: of seems like maybe she was a part of it and was there prior or even wrapped Nancy in the, you know, the sheet and bags. And if she had felt Nancy's body, wouldn't she have uncovered it to see if Nancy was okay instead of just assuming she was dead. Right. Kathy said that the plastic bag over Nancy's head was almost translucent and she could see blood and hair under it. So she just assumed it was Nancy. But investigators say that the bed sheet had been completely covering Nancy's head and the bag. But the case took a dramatic turn on June 16th, 2014, just before Trey's first court hearing. Trey Styler confessed to the murder of Nancy Pfister. This was part of a plea deal in which he pled guilty to second degree murder in exchange for the release of both Kathy and his wife, Nancy. Oh, this is suspicious. Nah, this doesn't make sense. Sounds like he's fallen on his sword here for them. I mean,
0: and at first he was like hardcore saying he didn't do it. He was saying he's disabled, that he can, he was literally in the interrogation footage, which unfortunately we can't show. It's quite interesting. He's like, gets on the ground and is like trying to climb back on the chair and like Mm. showing, which could have all been real. He did have health issues. He was older um, but it seemed like he was really trying to make it clear that there's no way I could have done something like this. But then he flips.
5: Which threw a huge wrench into investigators case because they were they were looking at this as a conspiracy between all three, three of, them. of them. That's why all three mm-hmm. of them were charged. They were going to bring them all down together because they felt like they had enough evidence to go that route until Trey all of a sudden flips the script on them. And yeah. it's
6: like, they weren't really, involved. It was all me. What are you supposed to do? It's yeah, like right. okay, I guess it was you. Like, yeah. how do you? Yeah. How well, do you it, believe anybody else at that
5: point? Right. Well, now it's it's hard because now as the DA, you got to decide. I've got this slam dunk case right here. This guy's pleading guilty to murder for Nancy, like of you know murdering Nancy. So let's just. I have to go this way, and let these other yeah. two go. Yeah. But was that the right move ultimately? Trey told investigators that he didn't know what happened. He said he just lost his rational mind and he just done it. So kind of the way the events happen, according to him, is that early in the morning on Monday the 24th while his wife was sleeping, he secretly slipped out of their motel room and drove over to Nancy Fister's house at 1833 West Buttermilk Drive. Trey claimed he originally came over to the house to confront Nancy. He said he ended up walking into the house making his way to the bedroom and opening the door a crack. He poked his head in and called her name, but she didn't respond because obviously she was sleeping, she had eye mask on, earplugs in. He just said that when he saw Nancy just peacefully sleeping there, he just completely lost his shit. Like he just was like, this woman has made her lives hell and something just flipped in him. And at that point he went down to the garage, he grabbed a garbage bag, a hammer and an extension cord, and then he walked back up to the bedroom where Nancy was still sound asleep. And he said he felt all the anger and rage that had built up in him since his life fell apart. It seems too scripted.
6: It seems mm-hmm. so just like they, he went home and he's like, okay, what am I going to say to the police? Yeah. This is what I'm going to say. Yeah. A, B, C, D. That's what happened. And yeah, I don't know. But I think At that's
3: times, is it possible? Is there a world where his wife is so bitter that he does go do this,
0: and he—I mean, he yeah. was better too. He was best. Yeah. Like he's like, okay, Between I'll just go them, do this. They were. He, she. They felt like she True. was ruining their life. Yeah, they were probably yeah. sitting there every night talking about it. They're already down on their luck. Yeah, he's I, already not feeling well.
6: I guess I just don't know too how like how sick was he.
0: He was
3: he, he was pretty sick.
6: Could he walk around? Could he swing a hammer at like full strength? Like how? Definitely, he well, definitely could. That's the big okay. question.
0: He could walk around, but okay. there's been a lot of questioning of could he do it with could such he move force, a body move the to hammer? the closet?
6: A bodies, a dead bodies yeah. are. I mean, I don't dead know from experience. <laughs> yeah. <Totally, Yeah>. <laughs> I am just saying that <laughs> yeah. they're hard to move. No, totally. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's that's been a big question mm. here. Is could he have actually physically done, done this? Interesting. Which there is no really way to
6: determine one
0: hundred percent. Either way. But is it really possible that he could have just gotten so caught up in the anger in the moment that everything came rushing back at once? You know, his health, losing his job, losing his life savings, selling his house, leaving his old life behind, trying to start over and instead being tormented and evicted by a woman who's lying in front of him, sleeping soundly, peacefully with her earbuds in. And she's right there. Could he have gotten angry enough That he actually grabbed that hammer and hit Nancy in the face Mm. super hard.
5: Too convenient. Here's why. He said he's going over to her house to confront her. So if you go over to her house, you're going to go up to the door. But who's just going to let themselves into the house at that point?
3: And in the middle of the night.
5: Right. Like, who's just going to go No, that's such a good point. So to me... It's showing that there's premeditation there exactly, because he slips out of the motel uh, room according to his plan, which means he probably had the thought in his head at the motel room prior to going over there. This was not just like, oh, I'm going to go over there. and Maybe she's up and she wants to chat yeah, and talk and we'll, we'll work through this, whatever the issue is. Yeah. No, he went over there full well knowing that she likely would be yeah. asleep and he, ha- he would be able to gain access to her house and, and to her room. Mm-hmm. And the question is,
6: was it just him? Or did others help him with this because yeah. and the whole time isn't that sign still on the door that says like nancy or uh mm-hmm. yeah that says Nancy sleeping don't bug me or whatever it said
4: yeah that kathy put on the door yep, mm-hmm. yep.
6: Mm-hmm. weird
5: so who sees that and is like oh i'm gonna let myself yeah. in anyway go who in. cares if she's sleeping yeah. yeah i need to confront her so That's bad creepy either yeah. way you look yeah. at it like yeah. what are you yeah. doing What's the what's your purpose for being there at that point?
0: So how this all goes down, according to him, he says that she, after he hits her the first time, she starts to make a noise like she was still alive. So he hits her again. And then Nancy stops moving, but she was still breathing. Ugh. So he strikes her again. And at this point, he had killed Nancy Fister. Then Trey placed the garbage bag over her head to contain the blood. He placed her on top of the bed sheet, wrapped her up in it, tied her up with the extension cord, then dragged her across 12 feet of carpet into the walk-in closet. That's and this is a, a very old man who, again, has yep. health issues. Is this possible for him to do alone? Trey tied up the scene, grabbed some of Nancy's stuff, including her pill bottles, phone, pearls, and her cigarettes, which is a really strange thing mm-hmm. to grab. And he wanted to make it look like Nancy had gone somewhere. So I guess maybe she, yeah, probably would have taken yeah. her cigarettes, but... I still think that's kind of a strange move. He also flipped the mattress to cover up the pool of blood. Which is like, what was the thinking behind that? Like they're just like, oh, let's we'll just leave that there. Uh, You know, like yeah. Obviously they're going to find it anyway. It's so strange. The entire murder and cleanup lasted about forty five minutes, according to Trey.
5: After this, Trey drove back to the Aspinall Lodge with a bag full of Nancy's stuff and the bloody hammer in the trunk. He said he returned to find his wife awake. Wondering what took him so long to go and run errands, which again, you just said he snuck out
3: in the middle of the night. S- it's not adding up here.
5: Yeah, it's yeah. true, actually. And so he was telling them that, you know, he was going out to rent storage units or something. And that's why it took him so long. And apparently that explanation worked for his wife. So like even like the explaining the, yeah, the situation yeah. with his wife makes absolutely yeah. no sense whatsoever. Right. Trey then said he forgot about the bag in the trunk for two days. And when he heard on the 26th that there were squad cars outside of Nancy's home, it triggered his memory, and that's when he threw out the bag in that basalt trash bin. He said that he committed the crime alone, and neither his wife, Nancy, nor Kathy had anything to do with it. He said that neither of them knew he was going to commit the murder, or that he'd done it at all, let alone killed Nancy and then cleaned up the crime scene totally by himself.
6: Again, we're talking like 45 minutes here. That's yeah. not a lot of time to do all the with things.
5: Yeah. yeah.
6: Red flag to also emphasize I did it by myself. No one else was involved. Like it was just me. It just sounds like you're yeah. like trying to exclude
2: others yes. from this. Yeah. Exactly. So
5: this is interesting stuff. So let's watch a little bit of the confession here.
2: I stirred my first blow in the back of the movie. That was what was available. I heard. And with two fremble and on top because I knew that that would preclude any consciousness.
6: I forgot he was a doctor. Yeah. So he was explaining in terms of, I know exactly where to hit her. Right. So, wow. I don't know. Yeah.
0: That's
3: a good point. He does seem frail.
0: Yeah. Oh, he he certainly is. And actually, can we just pull up for Garrett and Peyton, the original oh. footage of him? I know we can't put it in the episode for all of you guys, but I'd like for you guys to see him in the initial interrogation. So you can see oh. how frail he actually is. He's or oh. possibly could have been playing it up a little bit, but no way. Here, right. So, but, this is after is he he's initially
5: up. arrested, too.
0: Of course, it could be a defense tactic, right? Too. right. And we and saw that with the Golden State killer mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: when he went to trial, but
0: yeah, no, that's, I, that's true. Moving
3: a whole body.
0: There's even more footage than that, too. There, I mean, like I said, there's footage of him literally on the ground, like trying to climb up onto the chair, and he's it like, looks a little, he literally says, I'm fucking disabled. But again, like how yeah. can you what? truly know if it was played up or not, or if that's actually how he was? But given his age and his health, like it could. He line just up. looks
6: like his arms; like he just yeah, looks he, frail. He looks,
0: yeah, frail. Could he have committed mm. this murder and then moved her
1: body? I don't know. By
2: oh
6: herself. man, that changes everything.
0: I know, I know. That's why I feel like it's so crucial to see him.
1: And when they first took him in, actually, um, the arresting officers said that he was so frail they they had to. Carry him. Yeah. Basically out of the hotel room. Like Mm -hmm. he was in bed.
2: Yeah. He
1: was he was in bed and they made note that he looked very, very frail, very sick.
0: And would someone who has been talking about taking their life for a long time and to multiple people be willing to take the fall for his wife if, if he doesn't really care much about his life anyway? Oh yeah. That
5: was
3: exactly what I was just thinking.
0: Yeah.
5: When Trey initially gave his confession, investigators actually didn't believe it. Because again like we just saw he could barely stand up or walk on his own so how could this frail man tie up and bludgeon a woman to death wrap up her body then flip the mattress and then place the body into the closet then clean up the scene all by himself in this short window of around 45 minutes seems very i mean it seems very unlikely right Mm -hmm. the pickin county sheriff's office investigator brad gibson thought it wasn't likely that one person could have been involved in moving and wrapping the body. He said that it would be hard for four grown men to move a body. And one person dragging a body for even a very short distance would be extremely difficult, let alone it being Trey.
4: This is interesting, and kind of circle back to this in a minute, but Nancy claims that once she was released from jail, that she got a letter from Trey, and part of it said, quote, I know you're innocent, and you should believe that I am too and that the only reason he was pleading guilty was to save Nancy from going to prison. Well, there you go. But
5: Let's hear about what Nancy has to say about her involvement, though. Did you kill Nancy Fister?
6: Nothing to do with it. You had know, nothing to do with the murder
0: whatsoever? Nothing. You weren't there in the moments after she was killed? It 20 miles away. You weren't there to help clean up the scene or to move the
6: body? No, and I would have done a better job. Mm. The job that was done was not
0: a thinking mind. What, what do you think of that?
6: What in the world?
0: Yeah.
4: Although it was weird. If you look closely, her chin is like quivering
0: like crazy yeah. when she I would that. have
6: done a better job. Who says yeah. that? I know.
0: That's weird. Or unless she's really trying to sell the story. Yeah. 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 And you know, going back to her lip quivering, Janelle, I mean, from the other to play devil's advocate. Obviously, if you're being questioned about if you murdered someone, wouldn't she sure. get a little nervous? Sure. But it isn't, it's weird. It certainly is weird.
2: Yeah.
0: How, when was this interview that we're watching?
5: Oh, this one was done way later. Yeah. Way later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I would think if she's going around town joking about it,
2: mm-hmm.
3: that talking about it on an interview and saying, no, it wasn't me
0: wouldn't make her lip
2: quiver. That's a great
0: point. Right. Oh, that is, mm-hmm. I mean, either no matter when it was that's a right. good point because right after she was going around joking about like, it like seeing, the, oh, her. Heart, the people who
3: killed her you know yeah, that's so true
5: did you notice too like right when he finished asking the question she almost looks like she's about to be like nod her head yes and yes, then she's and like she, she like switches it she's yeah. like yep and I'm like mm. yeah Just she just looks very a guilty a sign of me.
3: someone faking mannerisms yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay, I need mm-hmm. to I need to act like I'm oh wait no I'm not, I'm not supposed to be yeah.
2: nodding yeah. right yep. now
5: Make and sure I think her strategy is right to to come across like that, like yeah, aggressive and be and continue. She's like, Well, it's worked so, so far, far, so I'm gonna keep it up. Yeah. And just stick by my guns and probably thinking like if I change up my my yeah. approach or my method, you know, it might make me look more guilty. So I'm just gonna keep going hard and be like, just because I hate her doesn't mean that I would kill her. Yeah. And she's just keeping that that whole act going. But
0: Right. So obviously the big question here is could Trey have done this alone? He was so weak when he was arrested that police, like we said, had to carry him out of the motel room. It seems next to impossible that Trey moved Nancy's body alone. Or did his wife help kill Nancy Pfister? Was she an accessory after the fact or did she actually have nothing to do with it? Obviously, that's a possibility as well. And then what about Kathy? Why did she clean out Nancy Pfister's safety deposit box? She claims that she was just grabbing a ring to save for Juliana, something that Kathy claims Nancy told her to do if for some reason anything were to happen to her, which is also kind of strange, too. Like, we have no way of knowing that that's true. Kathy claims that she was just doing what Nancy wanted her to do, but Juliana hasn't spoken to Kathy since the murder. Of course. So that tells you quite a bit as well. Yeah, She never confirmed Kathy's story. There's also another interesting detail about this case. Mm. On the morning of February 24th, Nancy Styler's cell phone pinged from the snowmass area near Nancy Fister's home
6: and she just said that she was 20 miles away. Yes. No. There's no way.
0: So that's 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 a big bombshell right there. Yeah. Trey said that his phone was out of batteries, so he took his wife's
5: instead, which seems Why would you bad. even risk that?
0: When I
3: was mm-hmm. tiptoeing to get up yeah. to sneak out, yeah. I tipped over to her side and yeah. I grabbed her cell
5: phone. Well, <laughs> yeah. why would you want to like yeah. possibly incriminate your wife that yeah. way by bringing her cell phone right. to the, the murder, you know, the crime scene? So
0: And then Nancy Styler has a different version of events. She claims that her husband took her phone so that it wouldn't wake her.
5: Mm. Okay. Solid mm. solid reasoning. They're doing great.
0: Yeah, they should have talked.
5: But why? Why they take a why was a phone so That's crucial the other, to the thing? Yeah, like Who are they calling?
0: And she can't call he can't call her. So so, she yeah. has, you know, he has the phone.
6: Do you need so. that's true. Does Kathy yeah. get okay. a call? What okay, is the okay. purpose mm. here?
0: And the whole thing about not waking her, I mean, just silence the phone or turn it off. It's just super weird. But it turns out both Trey and Nancy Styler's phone had pinged from that area. Both of them. Oh. But
3: Nancy so Styler says she has why, an alibi. Though,
5: why would both phones ping in that case? Yeah. why would one person need two phones to
6: bring to the scene exactly. unless one of both people were there do they not did they not get the phone records to see so did she call anyone i guess or i'm saying she she did it was yes. the phone used to call anybody during that yeah. time we'll get to that in a second okay sec. okay
0: <laughs> okay but nancy styler says that she had an alibi when she woke up that morning Trey was gone she didn't know where he was she also noticed that her phone was missing, so she dug into her purse for her iPhone 3, an old business phone that she and Trey sometimes used.
5: At 10.58 a.m., she called her phone to try and find it. There was no answer, and at 11.26 a.m., she called Trey, and there was no answer. A minute later, she called her phone again, and there was no answer. Two minutes later, Nancy called Nancy Fister's handyman, but again got no answer. Each of these calls pinged from the Basalt area. Does this exonerate Nancy Styler or no? I don't really think so, necessarily. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. On June 20th, 2014, a judge sentenced Trey Styler to 20 years in wow. prison for second degree murder of Nancy Fister. Given his health, obviously, this is essentially a life imprisonment. Mm-hmm. Prosecutors were considering charging Kathy Carpenter with theft, but these charges were never filed. Rumors have spread that the police and prosecutor's office accepted the confession and plea deal in order to avoid the scandal and cost of a trial.
4: And get this, remember the little letter that he wrote to um, uh, Nancy when she got out of jail? Well, he ended up calling her and telling her that he actually lied in part of the letter and that in fact he did kill Nancy Fister on his own and that Kathy had nothing to do with it and Nancy was completely shocked and said that this flipped her world upside down and then described him as a monster. So she, like, totally has mm-hmm. gone against him since. Weird.
0: Yeah, which is that, is that to confirm the story more and make right. it more believable. Yeah. Um, but it's... If he's really taking the fall for her, that's pretty cold. Yeah. yeah. But maybe he wanted her to do that. Right. And obviously, after... Nancy's death, people, you know, who knew her gathered
4: at none other than Hotel Jerome to celebrate her life, share stories and mourn her death. So a lot of people still really loved her and, you Mm -hmm. know, missed her. And she was that kind of well-known socialite in town. And so, you know, to this day, Kathy says that she is so upset that she was not able to be there because she was in jail at the time.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting, too, that Nancy Styler says, well, there was not a single person that said one nice word about her it's like it's not true the memorial service is clearly proof that that wasn't true and you know lots of people had wonderful things yeah yeah sure had issues yeah yeah there's no denying that but yeah be like everyone just absolutely hated her nobody had one nice thing to say about her
0: yeah it's definitely not the case i mean many people liked nancy loved nancy and she had tons of friends she was friends with everyone Mm mm-hmm Mm -hmm.
5: she knew how to have a good time that's for sure so I'm sure people had tons of good memories with Nancy man like memorable (laughs) ones for Uh sure
0: she certainly did not deserve to be murdered in such a brutal fucking way absolutely not
5: after Trey confessed to the murder Nancy Styler filed for divorce soon after she also went back to her maiden name Masson and moved to Massachusetts Trey Styler was incarcerated at the Arrowhead Correctional Facility in Canyon City Colorado on August 6 2015 though He was found dead in his cell from an apparent suicide. So
0: after all that,
5: wow, he finally did it. Okay. According to some reports, Trey had swallowed pieces of a broken pen and choked. Others say he hung himself with a bed sheet. I know. Okay.
0: Brutal either way. Yeah. Yeah.
5: But the big caveat to this is that Nancy Styler was paid out that $1 million from the life insurance policy. How is she still in the policy? That's crazy. I guess, I guess yeah, because after, it was done before all of it, it's yeah, still in effect. wow!
3: He takes the fall and then follows through to get her her money. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Or
0: did he? Or take did
3: the fall? he? Or, or did maybe he? he actually I maybe I shouldn't say that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Is like we, no one will ever know. Yeah. What truly really happened? It's
6: just hard too because how the cop or the detective said that it would take maybe four four grown mm-hmm. men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like could nancy and kathy have even done it together could all yeah. three of them have even done it together right could they have even moved the body like it's all so just i know it's very confusing. everywhere
0: yeah. either way In my opinion was, no sorry you go ahead oh i was gonna say either way definitely took longer than 45 minutes i think <laughs> yeah yeah oh, for uh-huh. sure that i think we can all agree on i do think it's a little strange that they said it would have taken four grown men i don't yeah. think that's necessarily
5: that's
2: the true case or
0: not. that seems a bit exaggerated yeah,
5: yeah. What's interesting is that Juliana, Nancy's daughter, never spoke to Kathy after her mother's murder. I think that says a lot. And What's crazy is that Kathy Carpenter passed away suddenly this past January in Evergreen, Colorado. So she's no longer alive and maybe took a lot of secrets to, to the grave with her. Possibly. Possibly. Nancy Styler now likely works as an esthetician in Massachusetts. She knows many people still believe she is a murderer, but others are starting to come around to her. She believes that her husband killed Nancy Fister and although she openly admits she hated Nancy Fister she said that she didn't deserve to die. That's not what she was saying earlier. Yeah, it didn't yeah, that's feel that a big way. change there. She also believes that Nancy Fister's behavior was a precipitating factor in the murder though. She said her she's like, "Oh, kind of almost insinuates like she kind of got what was coming to her in yeah. a way." Nancy Styler also co-wrote the book, Guilt by Matrimony. A memoir of love, madness, and the murder of Nancy Fister. So now she's profiting, profiting off of this, yeah. Which was published in 2015. Nancy Fister's family, as well as Kathy Carpenter, tried to stop the book's release, and apparently, it's a really bad and kind of creepy book, based on uh, what we found during our research and reviews.
2: Mm.
0: Julia, you actually read the book, right?
1: Yeah, I read like most of it, and it's just it's weird the way that when you consider that she's probably, Nancy Styler's not writing this all by herself, like there's a a, a writer who's a co-author. Right. Mm-hmm. It's still weird the way that she's described in the book. It's like with her, you know, her usual cheer, and she's always Trey's cheerleader, and it's just <clears throat> so overly negative talking about Nancy Fister, and so just like effusive praise for, for Nancy Styler and a lot of, I think excuses made
2: mm. for
1: Trey. I just thought it was just kind of creepy, and you know, this is your husband killed this woman, yeah, like, and you're writing a book, just so distasteful. Her. Like you are not in jail right now. You're not going to be prosecuted. You got a million dollars. I mean, you know, it's why would you then just go and write a book, yeah, disparaging this woman? Like what? Yeah, good does that do?
0: Yeah. I agree, that's, that's yeah. extremely strange.
1: There's also this really weird claim in it. Um, it says that Trey thought bludgeoning Nancy to death with a hammer was, quote, the nicest thing anyone ever did for Nancy Vister.
6: What the fuck? What in the world? Yeah. That is
1: crazy.
6: That's, Dude, her that's mind. Nuts. Why even put that in there? Yeah. What? What's, the, what's the benefit of what that? Is Why that? is she so bitter? Like yeah. I so so bitter. It's yeah. Could she have it's convinced Trey to kill kill but Nancy? That's
3: what I was saying. Is that there like, a world where she was back at the hotel because she convinced Trey to do it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Or not the hotel, the the home the apartment.
2: Yeah. How yeah.
3: fucked up if that's really the case
0: that he
5: and maybe you know, she they were evaluating the their situation and, and they're like Well, is, your your health's going downhill, you're yeah. maybe he's gonna die. Yeah. And so she's like Here's the plan. Why don't we kill her? Oh. And then you take the fall for it. Crazy. And then kill yourself and, I'll you know, give yep. me the money and I'll go live my life, I guess. I mean, that's a very, like, cruel plan. Yeah. yeah. But, but I'm just it's speculating. possible, like, yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. a possible situation exactly. that could have played out. But uh, Juliana, Nancy's daughter filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Nancy Styler in 2016. Mm -hmm. And this lawsuit alleged that Trey fabricated his confession so Nancy could get that insurance payout. It also said that Nancy Styler profited off murder through her book, and the suit was settled out of court, and those details are confidential. But we actually do have a clip of Juliana talking about her mom, which we'll play right now.
3: I have no idea
4: how someone could do something like that, and especially to her. And I think that You know, my mom could never hurt anything or hurt anyone. And that is one thing that everyone that knew her knew.
3: We talk about this a lot on our podcast about how there's always more than one victim in these stories. And that typically the victim's families are also just so heavily victimized and
5: impacted. Impacted, Yeah. Yeah.
3: And it's just so heartbreaking every time you get to the end of these and you hear the families talk about their loved one.
0: Yeah, I mean, for them, it just, it never stops. It's every single day for the rest of their lives that they have to wake up and face reality and think about what happened to them. It's one thing if you're loved one dies of a heart attack or yeah. something tragic like a car accident. Obviously, it's extremely painful, but to think about such a brutal yep. killing that someone took their life, like the anger that you have to deal yeah. with and process, all that trauma just takes such a toll yeah. on people. It completely changes your life. Yeah, it really does. So sad.
5: What's also interesting and important to note is that Suzanne, Nancy Fister's sister, applied for a permanent restraining orders against Nancy Styler and Kathy Carpenter and she believes that her sister was murdered by more than one person mm.
2: mm-hmm.
5: so ultimately Nancy Fister was cremated and her daughter successfully campaigned to have her added to the in memory of friends in Aspen shrine to notable Aspen residents in Snowmass Village but uh came in I mean that's just that's yeah. a really hard thing to deal with and mm-hmm. especially knowing you know the family clearly knows in their hearts that there's one you know two people yeah. got off the hook for yeah. this mm-hmm. so like maybe at, maybe but i or mean one
0: person or i don't know
6: i don't know i think it's pretty yeah. i think there's a lot of evidence to suggest there that was a lot more what do you guys think all in all like, i think that i mean first of all poor nancy i mean that's I horrible it doesn't she, she got murdered and that's horrible she didn't do anything wrong Mm-mm. and I think after, I think in the beginning, I would have been like, there's no way Kathy was involved. But I think after hearing all the evidence, especially moving a body that's like so big for me, like I just think there is no way he could have done that alone. I just,
3: yeah I feel like there's
6: no way. I don't know what you think.
3: I think that she was definitely there. I don't think that one person did it by themselves. Um, About Kathy though,
0: right? That's the hard part.
3: I don't know. I I want to say no because I just I don't think the motive was strong enough. Do I think that there was motive? Maybe. Um, I
0: you know, I don't think she was involved. That's the hard part, really, okay. Kathy. I mean, there's it's there's hard. some things, but it's like, did she actually? Could she have had it in her to do this to yeah. someone who did? She did consider a friend. Yeah. yeah. But and they had a
5: very tumultuous relationship. They did,
0: like, but like enough for her, I don't know. It's hard, and and again, I'm going off of the nine one one call. I'm going yeah. off of other interviews that I've seen of her, where she just seems so fucking torn up. About but is that
5: regret? Is that guilt? It could
0: be. It could That's, be.
5: That
6: is coming yeah. out. That's what happens a lot of times.
5: It's like people. But,
0: but Josh, what does she gain?
3: What did she gain by her best friend being murdered?
6: Six thousand dollars that she paid her son's college tuition with i don't know okay i mean yeah or did she just take
0: it was she just a bad friend taking advantage of
6: the situation friend's
0: death yeah would she have done it for that like thinking in her mind oh if she's dead i can go to the safety deposit box like that seems like or
3: is she just in pure trauma mode that she's like i gotta go get that safety deposit box i gotta get the ring okay here's the money or did she she
6: secretly just envying hater that much that she could have she just was like i'm done
5: there, there
0: could have I mean, been
6: that's it but what did we learn from
5: uh bernie tita is that even the most like people who we feel are the most trustworthy and friend friendly and oh, it's so good-hearted true. people yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah put in the right or the wrong situation i guess mm-hmm. and those feelings are overwhelming yeah. to the point where you're willing to yeah. risk it all so to speak to yeah
0: i was kind of telling you guys about that case earlier yeah. the one that um jack black is in the movie we just covered it you guys were supposed to be here but he was so loved by his community and like and thought of to be like the nicest He was like leading ever. church
5: services yes, and like he was, he like, was, he was singing the... in the
0: choir and like helping all these grieving widows and he was giving this friend tons to of this money woman, away yeah. but she was like abusive to him and controlling and not in not in classic abusive ways but like manipulative yeah. like mm-hmm. just control it, till the point where he just snapped and lost it and so like if if bernie could do it well uh-huh. i think kathy could did do she it. she just I mean, meet two people who wanted to do it and
3: they had spent so long while nancy was in australia talking about and her they and getting their feelings
0: hurt and it's true
3: i it's mean it's true
6: because she faked cried in her interview right then they figure mm-hmm. out like that's just i mean yeah that's weird
0: she i mean she was real crying in the like maybe I don't TV know. It didn't interviews. Look like it to interviews. She looks like it to me. But, oh, it's hard. Yeah. I was just like oh, instantly start feeling bad for people. But maybe yeah. I'm just like too. I don't know.
6: I think it was a group effort between the three of them. I kind of think. I think. Uh, yeah. I, I think, think I'm really? in the same boat. In order to think pull, in, in order to
5: pull this off in the in the way they the did. way that they did in as fast of the time that they did without people seeing them without having all these witnesses and everything yeah. there had to be a multi A coordinated effort there from Kathy potentially letting them know, hey, Nancy's going to bed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The door's going to be open. But it's also
0: nighttime and they have a key. And they figure she's going to be asleep. Like, I don't know. And
3: and, Uh, um, why then does Kathy turn on them so fast as soon as the 911 calls place? Yeah. If it's a coordinated effort between the three of them, was it always planned for her to throw them under the bus? Or was this like... Really, all an elaborate plan for him to take the fall,
6: right? I don't know. Like, how long? How long do you have to plan something like this, too? Right? Yeah. This is a pretty elaborate thing. If it really was all three of them at the same time,
0: possibly. But all they like did that, a shitty job if they actually did plan yeah, yeah, on it. Yeah, like that's Putting all the trash in the yeah, you know, because it feels
3: like if uh. Kathy's involved, she flipped heavily on them. Started planning
0: evidence. Yeah. Could maybe have. not planning some of the evidence. Or no one it. planted that evidence and he just Is, didn't think it through and threw yeah, it out where yeah, he lives. Yeah. Maybe he just didn't maybe he didn't think anyone's gonna go mm. through the trash can. They didn't yeah. know about like the bear, you know, that yeah. they go through and make sure there's not these illegal trash being put right. in there. And maybe it was just a, a fuck up.
6: I ah man, I'm surprised there was no DNA evidence in the so apart- there w- there was. Oh, there was okay. there was
5: DNA evidence that was found on yeah uh trey's blood was found but that's it or trey's DNA, no one, no one else? dna from anyone else yeah. Hmm. yeah as far as we know but there was also cleaning that went on too yes that's know, true there was yeah there was so cleaning. he had cleaning supplies so
0: but you'd think you'd find something yeah if other a piece people of, hair, were a were there. of
5: hair or something well maybe. especially women too yeah, i mean no. their hair yeah. is always coming out is so. it possible
0: he really did this himself too it's, he could have that you know rage and adrenaline can Give you superpowers, even people who are older like him. It's true. So, in my opinion, I think it's possible he really did it. But okay, I feel like, well, first of all, you two, do you guys have any additional thoughts? Janelle and Julia here?
1: I was going to say, I think there's a lot of documents that are still sealed. Yeah. In this case, there are. There might be Mm, more evidence, some answered questions. There might be more questions.
5: That's interesting you bring that up, though, because remember the investigators were looking at this as a conspiracy to commit murder between all three of them. Yeah. And so they, and they were formally charged. So I I just think that there, there's more that we don't know about that would have potentially, and there's, there's other interviews with people involved with this case who have said that had Trey not confessed, they believe all three of them when it went down, that they would have had the evidence needed to bring them all down. There's
0: investigators that feel pretty solid about that. Do you thought.
5: think Janelle do you think they had motive though to kill Nancy like was there a good motive here to do it or was this kind of like an emotional I mean response
4: personally I think if they're if they say their motive was because she was treating them like shit okay well too fucking bad like
5: mm-hmm.
4: you get bad you know quote-unquote landlords all the time you don't go off and kill them you just
0: had a bad landlord <laughs>
4: yeah and I have no interest <laughs> in hurting her yeah uh-oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I think that there really is not... I I guess the motive would be that they're pissed off because she was treating them like shit and she's off in Australia. Meanwhile, their stove doesn't work and blah, blah. And maybe Kathy's putting little bugs in their ear. I don't... I'm not really sure on the Kathy thing. That's, like, probably the thing I'm tripped up about the most is, like, I for sure don't think that Trey did it alone. I think that Nancy had some part in it. Was she there? with the hammer that night. I'm not sure did she come after? I don't I don't know. It's the whole thing with Nancy though. I really I cannot I know. Like really form a solid opinion on whether or not she had anything to oh, do with Kathy? it. Or Kathy. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I can't really form a solid opinion on whether or not Kathy They was had involved. evidence
5: to charge her. They don't just do that without evidence. Yeah. Yeah, so, but
4: a lot of people are charged
0: yeah.
5: True. When
2: they're All, the so, All the time. All the like, time.
0: Yeah. Well, let's let's do a little. Let's do a vote here. Since we yeah. have six people oh, no. in the building, <laughs> just if you had to Tongue choose, jury. okay, hung jury, Tongue yes. jury, <laughs> raise, raise your hand if you think. Or actually, I guess we're on a podcast. Say I. We'll just say if, I. Yeah, if yeah. you think that Trey acted alone, is there anybody? All right. So no one thinks that. No one thinks that. Say I if you think that it was just Nancy and Trey. I,
3: I,
1: I, I.
6: So four. So that's four. Ken, Kendall, Peyton. Okay, the girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the girls. girls. All the girls. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, and say <laughs> I, gentlemen, if you think that all three of them conspired together.
5: Yeah, I absolutely. I think absolutely. They now. needed some inside <laughs> intel. They needed to know what was going yep. on at Nancy's house. Yeah. It was them. They the the events. The events lead, like directly after her finding the body yeah there's so many things yeah. the interrogation with her is is very
6: questionable the fact that they they charged her It's
0: hard i'm not like completely against it yeah but I i'm either. not okay. either
3: i, I think that way.
6: i think it's like josh said too i think it came to a point where it was like okay we have an open and shut case plea deal send them to jail move on or we can try to charge these three these three people and i mean will they get charged I mean, like, will yeah. it happen? We don't know.
2: Yeah. So,
4: the thing yeah. that bothers me so much about interrogation footage is like, I've never been inter- interrogated, but I can only imagine how stressful it is, whether you're guilty or not. And it's so true. I just.
5: They did put these guys you, through the ringer. That's too, what I'm saying. Sure. Like, they were yeah. going hard on them. The sheriff himself they, and, came in and was like, yeah, right, he did. for a them. long time. True.
4: So at some point you're getting broken down. They're confusing you because the way they do it is very manipulative. Yep. I mean, it's free- very much so like oh, you know you did it. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. You might as well say you did it because it'll be easier for you if you just say you did it. And so it's hard it's for exactly me to be exactly what like-
5: the suspect would say.
4: Right. And so it's like, it's really not, I don't want to say fair, but for lack of a better term, fair to be like, mm, well, based on their interrogation footage... You know, Kathy wasn't really crying. But what about
5: Kathy going to get the money and the rings and Juliana filing restraining orders and like they hate her? But
4: she also said that Kathy was saying how Nancy specifically told her. I don't know if this is true or not, but she said that Nancy told her if something ever happens to me. Go get this money. Give it to Juliana, like trying to. And so maybe it was like like you you were saying, Peyton, about like, okay, you're in Mm -hmm. this state of shock and you're trying to. Yeah, you know the gears are turning on trying to figure out what to do, and so the best thing she can think of is like, "Oh, right, Nancy told me to go do this, and
2: mm-hmm.
4: I gotta go get it done." I don't know. It's yeah. possible. You Obviously, it's possible.
0: Know. She made that up too, but totally. But I agree. I don't. I don't think there's enough to say with certainty, unless there's other stuff in this sealed document Yeah. That we just don't know. Right.
5: I have a wild theory.
0: Okay. Lay it on what us. if
5: the handyman was somehow involved in yeah. this? Yeah, and he completely exactly Where'd the <laughs> hammer come Don't from? You know. <laughs> the handyman <laughs> in hand <laughs> stop bring the. bring <laughs> it into this you yep. said four
6: grown men.
2: Yeah, at least yep. get another. Yeah, at least man. get another one. There Maybe we go. the handyman's
5: oh, involved. Oh, you
0: sound like Gary. Yeah. Oh
6: my God. handyman's listening to this. Like, oh, why? God, you doing me under the bus? That <laughs>
0: wasn't even my hammer. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, it has been a really interesting episode. Having some more voices here with us yeah, to fun. kind of bounce. Yeah. It is fun. You want to come every I week. week? I, know, right? I this move here. Is, this just has so much more
3: conversation and yeah. like opinions, and it's it's fun. It is yeah it's it, fun to
2: bounce
5: ideas off each other yeah. right and get mm-hmm. more perspectives in, in the I, conversation i
0: feel like i learned more about the yeah. case in a weird way yeah.
5: yeah yeah yeah
0: that's why we love having julia and janelle here with us too yeah. um versus it used to in the very early days it was just josh and yeah. i and it's always improved the more people we get involved so well,
5: sometimes you you like miss things right or like yeah. somebody else is thinking something you you just completely forgot about and they bring it up and you're like, oh, yeah, that's Completely. like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Or, yeah. you know, they bring up something that you would never have thought about had they not been there. So exactly. I think, you know, the more minds, the the more fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was corny as hell. But- <laughs> of course,
0: we have all of your minds out there that we would like to pick as well. Although I hate when people say pick my brain. Ugh, disgusting. Um, but we want to pick your brain. We want to hear what you think. So let us know in the comments below and. Yeah. Who, what, what scenario do you think is most likely here, you guys? Um, but also, be sure to check out our episode with Peyton and Garrett over at uh, Murder with My Husband. And be sure to follow them as well. These guys are awesome and have a couple of different shows like they mentioned. So yeah, check it out from for more content if
3: you liked this you're probably gonna like that one too and yeah, thanks exactly. for having
2: us yeah, yeah. We appreciate thank it. you
6: thanks so much for being much. here, guys. it's been so thank fun thank you
5: for
3: coming this it has was been... definitely worth going through the, the three times of... <laughs> yeah yes. yeah
4: the
5: three trips to the airport hey, we're and... done.
4: hey we still and... haven't imported the footage yet though yes. so yeah. did you hit
2: record yes. yeah
4: <laughs> <laughs> i've checked literally 50 times
2: <laughs> yeah. oh my god until this we get is done don't even say that yeah
4: don't even be awful
0: anyway that's gonna be it for us today guys um We will be back next week, of course, but until then, keep on taking your mind a a mile mile higher.